could have a problem? No, 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 no. There's no problem here. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy in the southern colonies. My contention is that uh, prior to the Revolutionary War, the economic modalities, especially in the southern colonies, could most aptly be characterized as agrarian free capital. Right. Of course that's it. Hang on a second. You're a first-year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxie historian, Pete Garrison, probably. You're going to be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're going to be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's going to last until next year. You're going to be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood, talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization. As a matter of fact, I won't because Wood drastically underestimates the impact Wood of social Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Are you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own... As your own idea, just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a f education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-thru on our way to a skiing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal. But, I mean, if you have a problem like that, I mean, we could just step outside. We could figure it out. No, man, there's no problem. It's cool. It's cool? Yeah, cool. Damn right, it's cool. How you like? Enough! I'm sorry, and I meant to hook it to this. I'm like, you know, Bob and Phantom go! It is 8 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 The Talker. This, my friends, me amigos, me compadres, and my fellow travelers on the road of whimsy. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It is uh, Wednesday and welcome to day 12. It's 503 733 503 733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, musings. If you'd like to talk about all the balls that were on television last night. If you'd like to talk about David Gregory, in fact, of NBC News, saying, these balls look terrific. Uh, we can certainly do that. Or if you'd like to talk about CNN this morning, I'm quoting now from CNN.com. Obama's juggle inaugural balls. What else do we have? I think we have, uh, I think also David Gregory last night from NBC News, who is in fact a senior White House correspondent and now I believe host of, uh, what is it, what, was it Meet the Press or the Tim Russert Show? I think last night he was also saying something like, just look at the balls, but I'm, I'm not sure about that one. I may be projecting that. 
Anyway, uh, it, by the way, there is now a bounty on the first person who can get me the audio uh, of David Gregory last night saying, these balls look terrific. The first person who can actually get me the audio of that, uh, I will toss a uh, bright, shiny Star Wars collectible uh, statue from Things from Another World your way, my friends. And by the way, today it is Luke Skywalker. So more details on that. I thought it was Princess Leia. No, no, no. Uh, uh, yesterday, wait, no, Monday Chewbacca. Yesterday, Leia. Today, Luke. Tomorrow, I believe, Princess Leia again. You can find out more, you go to rickemerson.com. RickEmerson.com, or you can go to uh, Things from Another World's website. That is T-F-A-W, as in Things from Another World. T-F-A-W.com slash Rick. And uh, they got a whole series of uh, Star Wars collectible statues that are on sale right now, 75% off uh, if you get them through uh, you know, through this program. Uh, T-F-A-W.com slash Rick. We're going to be giving uh, one a day away all this week uh, and then uh, next week as well, as well as some Watchmen books and so forth. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. Uh, not at this actual moment, though, because he's sitting in the studio. So if you're calling now, you'll be entirely and completely in screen, which could just have the net effect of making the first few calls crap. So we'll find out. Or fabulous. Or fabulous. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at... RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins joining us from the Hill today as we talk about uh, Hillary Clinton, who I think, uh, I don't know if it's happened yet, could be. I guess Hillary Clinton could be confirmed today. Did you see that thing that Joe Biden's wife said on, uh, was it on Oprah? They were on some show. Is it Joe Biden and his wife? And his wife opened her mouth and said something about, well, you know, he had the choice of vice president to your secretary of state. And then he very obviously hushed her on television. That was awkward. Uh, what else? Cena radio correspondent Jim Roop joins us from Los Angeles. And uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Here's a weird thing. Steve Kastenbaum is going to join us from New York City. And there's when that plane, not even a plane crash, but like the miracle on the Hudson, the plane that landed in the Hudson River last week. Everybody started asking these questions about, which I thought was, on the one hand, people just asking to sort of a goof, like to be funny. But then the more you thought about it, the more you, you kind of wondered, well, that actually is a good question. What is the deal with the luggage? And people were asking, what about all the luggage on the plane? And I guess yeah, people do pack stuff that they actually need. They're actually things that people have to have. Uh, you, you saw those guys standing on the wing of the plane, some of them with like laptops or, or you know, the, the briefcases or whatever. We saw that luggage in the river. I mean, who knows where you're going to find that again? I mean, is it going to be at the bottom of the freaking Hudson? Who wants that back? And so people were saying, well, what happens to the luggage in the plane? Now we know the answer to this. Steve Kastenbaum today will have the answer. But what about the luggage? Uh, so we'll get to that. Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Desjardins, uh, Jim Roop, joining us in the news yesterday, Darcy Zettler, uh, who we met a few minutes ago. She uh, stopped by, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I might add. Uh, so she, uh, late of uh, PDX 49. So we'll have Darcy Zettler in today as we endeavor to have a series of laid-off Portland media professionals filling in for laid-off Portland media professional Tim Riley. So that is uh, later on. Jonathan Colton will join us on the phone today. He was in the studio last time, but I think he's actually performing in Seattle tonight. So he's going to be on the phone with us. Jonathan Colton, who, of course, uh, behind uh, such massive online hits as Re Your Brains, Code Monkey, uh, Tom Cruise Crazy, which is great, uh, and a song called The Presidents, which we're going to try to play later on today. So we'll talk to Jonathan Colton. I've heard the Tom Cruise one. Is it it's fantastic. It's all about, it's called Tom Cruise Crazy, and it's a whole thing about how there's crazy, and then there's Tom Cruise Crazy. So we'll get to that. Uh, Genius. 
Don Taylor, who seems to be here just sort of every day uh, recently, uh, which is fine because she's a sweetheart. She'll be in the studio later on, and I don't know that she's even going to say anything. I think she might actually just want to be here to be close to the sound of Jonathan Colton's voice. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting. So we'll uh, talk to Don Taylor. What else? Uh, we will announce the uh, winner of the AM970 bailout for this week. You go to uh, 970.am if you are uh, involuntarily unemployed. You've been fired, laid off, sacked, out, gone, fired, downsized, streamlined, whatever. I'm looking at you, 9% of Clear Channel employees nationwide. Uh, you can go to 970.am, sign up for the AM970 listener bailout. What that basically means is every single Monday, and we meant to get to it uh, this Monday, but it was the holiday, uh, every single week, uh, we are going to be giving something away to a listener who has uh, been fired, who is involuntarily unemployed. Uh, the AM 970 listener bailout brought to you in part by Elliott Law Office. Find out more at ChampagneDivorce.com. So we'll announce the uh, winner of the first uh, AM 970 listener bailout. That is today. All right. It's 503-733-2970. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stellan. How are you today? A lot more congested, or less congested than you yesterday. You sound good. You sound much better. I'd say you're at 80% today. Honestly, I've, um, you know, I went home yesterday. I just felt miserable. I felt like I was in a cloud. I barely remember doing the show yesterday. And um, I went home, and I watched the second disc of Titanic. Good for you. Like, and I have, like, this... Somebody's in my house doing, like, home repairs right now because my ceiling started raining and stuff. Mm -hmm. The ceiling started raining. Yes, yeah, so all I wanted to do is go home and lay down. Of course, like he's in there, you know, drilling away at my ceiling. And I'm just like, I just want you to go a totally. far away. And that's always, it's, the guy with the leaf blower is always outside your window on the day when you're like, look, I have to get up in three hours. Dude, I he's like nice enough, but he's all chatty. And he's like, how was your day? Oh, you think you're sick? Well, let me tell you about how sick I've been. I'm like, oh, my God. And I, you don't want to shut the door because you feel like you're being sure. rude. Because my, my um, you know, living room kind of goes into my bedroom, and then I have, like, sliding doors. I didn't want to just, like, shut the sliding doors. Totally. He was right we don't get obnoxious. I know. So I'm, like, so I had to make small talk with him for when I was the I'm just, like, I just want to put on my pajamas and lay down and finish watching Titanic. So I did that. Felt sorry for myself a little bit, and then I'm, like, okay, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to force myself to feel better. Took some Sudafed. Uh, then hung out with some friends and had a couple cocktails and actually had a couple cigarettes. Good for you. And... I felt magically better, and this morning Smoking I woke your up. Way to health. Honestly, this morning I woke up. My throat didn't hurt. My sinuses were like more cleared up. I felt like like a thousand bucks. Nicotine is the wonder drug that uh, works wonders. Uh, when you say you took Sudafed, was it the good Sudafed from oh, Washington? I've got some of it in my in my purse. If you want some. It's the good kind. Right, well, see, here's the thing. Uh, here's why you're feeling better because you took Sudafed and then you also took uh, you also had some cigarettes and Sudafed and nicotine of course are both you know they're both stimulants I mean it's, it's speed basically and then vodka is a depressant yes kind of like balanced out it's kind of a great speedball kind of a thing going on <laughs> yeah uh, so but then you know, you know today now I've had none of that stuff and I'm still feeling mighty fine yeah you know and I got this kind of scratchiness it's not getting any worse it's not getting any better a couple of days my well, throat's if are... you need me to hook you up I might I'm going to ask you for that later on because <laughs> uh, I've got to study for finals. So, yeah, I got a little scratchiness going on, but I, you know, I seem to be holding steady at the moment. So, hello, Richie Bristol. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Hey, can I ask a favor of the listeners? Oh, God. No, it's a good one. Really? Do you think you're at the point where you ought to be asking favors of anybody still? I well, mean, it's a good one, though. Okay. Uh, they're doing a vote on whether or not Sam Adams should resign. Who's doing a vote? Uh, KPTV.com. Yes. And you could vote whether. Do you work for KPTV? No. Why are we doing this? It's for Sam. Sam. No, 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 but I mean. Why are we talking about the KPTV poll? Not that I have anything against because them. Because they're voting whether or not he should yeah. resign right. or not. Yes. And it's losing pretty bad. Oh, I see. So you, oh, I see. So you were just pushing for Sam Adams. So yes. you want people to go and vote for him. Yes. I was thinking about doing an Insta poll about that day, but then I realized I don't care. They can't make him resign, can they? 
Probably. I mean, they can. Well, I mean, they can't make him resign, but I mean, they can get rid of you. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think, by definition, I think resignation is a voluntary act. They can fire you. But the police commissioner is asking him. You know what? Who the hell is the police commissioner? Seriously, for the love of God. I'm saying so. Go vote no, and because they keep on saying it every 15 minutes on KPTV. You know. And people look at that. And He's such a nice man who's done so much for our community. It's just such a shame. Well, you know, and, and even if... such asses. Here's the thing. Even if he hadn't done anything for the community, uh, I, I mean, really, is this all we have to do? I think I speak for... And I almost started the program today. I was going to do this big sort of uh, mock press conference at the beginning of today's show, which I might actually still do later on. Uh, but it, I didn't really want to kind of do it half-cocked, you know, and just sort of come off without without kind of putting it together. But but I think I speak for the vast majority of Portlanders when I say shut up and get back to work. For the love of Christ, jackasses. I mean, and I really, I, I could not, and you know what, anybody, anybody knows me, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a, I am, if anything, as Tom Likas would say, if I'm, and I'm not a member of any political party, but if you wanted to describe me, I guess you would call me a small L libertarian in the sense that I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party, but I am from the party of leave me alone and let me make money. I mean, that really, I mean, you know, just, just stay out of my house, all the areas of my house, my, not, people say stay out of my bedroom, stay out of my bedroom, my bathroom, my pantry. Stay out of that little, like, alcove breezeway thing that I got between me and the house next door. Get off my ass. In the part that connects you to the other duplex? It's not a duplex. Thanks so much. So I see that it's on CNN, so we will be talking about that here in just a few. We'll talk about uh, the, the Sam Adams. We'll talk about the inauguration. And by the way, there is a bounty, as I said, on the, uh, on the David Gregory audio from last night where he said, These balls look terrific. You send that to me as an MP3, YouTube, whatever. Let's just give an example of maybe like close to what you're looking for. A lot of them, to be honest with you, are quite cheesy. This is not a cheesy ball. That's fantastic. That is wonderful. All right. There's another one as well. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. Uh, so you know, it, it just uh, I don't want to get myself all cranked up about the Sam Adams thing. Can I just let me just make a couple of uh, preemptive statements here before we sort of plunge on ahead into discussing balls. Um, well, inaugural balls. Inaugural balls. Yes. Let me do, make a couple of there preemptive statements. Balls. Two things. One, somebody was somebody was talking about. You know, here's something I don't need to hear for the rest of the day. Well, Rick, it's not the fact that he's gay or had gay sex. It it really is the fact that he lied. That's something I don't need to hear ever again. Here's the difference between him and I don't know, oh, Bill Clinton. I mean, at least you can make the argument that Bill Clinton lied under oath, right? I mean, I still don't. Look, to be honest, just between you and me, just between us girls, I still didn't care. But, I mean, I could understand that legally that you could make that distinction. You know, that at least Bill Clinton put his hand in a Bible and he was in a, you know, he was in a deposition and he actually committed actual legal perjury. I mean, I, I understand that you could make, I guess, that line of demarcation. I think Saddam, Sam Adams was being asked by some guy. I think it was just some, some, some dude, some chick with a microphone. Hey, did you, you know, tell me about sex. And then he told the sex lie, which, because that never happens, especially when you're dealing with guys. Um, so he didn't lie under oath. And also, I've already got the uh, blah, 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 Larry Craig. The other thing, best of my knowledge, Sam Adams is not a member of a political party that tries to stamp out uh, other people's sex lives. See, Larry Craig. So if you are a registered member of a political party that tries to regulate the sex lives of others and you get caught uh, trying to hump some dude in the bathroom, I'm all over it. I just don't understand when that became good journalism. Like, yeah. why, why, why is that good journalism? Oh, I think we all know the answer. Google News. <clears throat> Internet. Anyway, so that's the difference. So if anybody, I'm only doing that to be efficient. I'm saving everybody the time of calling your email and going, I mean, we're making one of Larry Craig. Larry Craig is a member of the Republican Party, a party that, by the way, not only in spirit, but in fact in law, 
does try to regulate the sex lives of other people. Sam Adams, to the best of my knowledge, has never endorsed any such law and is not a member of any such party. Neither am I, by the way, but just in case you're wondering the distinction, I'm looking at you, uh, latest guy who emailed me about this. That's the distinction. That being said, you know, I got potholes in front of my house that haven't been fixed on like three My car has been stolen three times. Seriously, we have better things to do. So just, uh, just, you know, let's all move on and get back to the business of, you know, trying to fix our broken-ass economy. Can we please? The love of sweet Jesus. And by the way, I'm telling you this right now. You know, if I was the mayor and looked like Sam Adams, I'd be having sex with everybody I possibly could. <laughs> Done, you know what? If you say different, you're lying. Uh, that's, I mean, seriously, and I've seen a picture of that guy. The Bo oh, Breedlove? No, dude. He's, he's a good-looking fella. Perfectly white teeth as well. So, you know, and, and here's another thing I'm going to say, and I'm saying this as a taxpayer. I am saying this as a taxpaying citizen of Multnomah County. A satisfied mayor is a productive mayor. All right? So... Why don't you just let the guy relieve some tension and get off his ass and let him run the city? Jesus. Like, and plus it was a big deal for these other people because they're, like, you know, like, profess, like, their faith, and they're all, like, married and stuff. And Family Sam was value. single. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. And, you know, maybe he has a partner. Maybe he does. First of all, even, somebody said, well, doesn't he have a partner? I don't know whether he does or not, but I'll but say this. But also three years ago. I'm also, and I'm also going to make the point that, you know what? He's not allowed to get married. Least he can let him do. Have some on the side. You know what I mean? The law won't let him get married. Have a little flexibility. little give is all I ask. Jesus. Right. Just savages in this town. Let's see what else. Uh, okay, so yeah, we'll get these calls here in a moment. We'll take a few mystery calls. We have uh, inauguration talk. Uh, I just made a few notes about last night's inaugural ceremony, and then I, I, I left, actually, some of my notes upstairs, but I think I can do most of it from memory. First, you know, I always say this thing about, uh, it, it, like, it's like the Super Bowl every year. I think that they ought to have the final, you know, like the playoffs, where they determine the two teams that are going to the Super Bowl. They shouldn't be allowed to rest. You should finish, and then you should have to get on a plane. And you should both, both, so there's no, like, time zone advantage. Both teams should immediately have to get on a plane, fly to a stadium in another time zone, and play the Super Bowl right then and there. No resting, no healing. You get on a plane, your ass goes to the Super Bowl, you play then. Just for my own amusement. I had this thought last night while I was what? watching... Who thinks of this? Me, because I have lots of free time. So I was thinking about this as I was watching the inauguration last night. There was like 15 different inaugural balls the Obamas had to go to. Here's my thing. When you become president, I think as soon as you win, as soon as you like are sworn in, you put your hand in the Bible, you take the oath of office, your ass has to go to work. You have to go to work that like, and I don't mean like figuratively. You have to get in a car and go to work and start fixing things. As soon as you, and I take the, so help me God, Barack Obama, done, finished, you're the president. Get to work. You can party late, celebrate on a weekend, why don't you? I'm for all presidents going forward. Take the oath of office, go to work, and here's the other thing, and I'm going to up the stakes. When you take the oath of office, you have to immediately leave, get in a car, go to work, sit behind the desk, and you have to fix something by noon. You have to fix something by noon, or we fire you and the next guy gets the gig. And we go down the line of succession, and everybody who gets the job, they have three hours to fix something. Something small. I don't even care what it is. Maybe there's like a link on the WhiteHouse.gov site that doesn't work. Could be something tiny. You take the oath of office, you go to work, you got to fix something by 12 noon or we fire you. And then we go to, go to whoever's next in succession. Uh, what else? Note to self, 
Is it wrong that I find Michelle Obama really, really hot? Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. I'm she not talking beauty, though. Her dress was awesome. Yes. That one strap. It looked like a Carrie Bradshaw dress from Sex and the City. Here's the thing about Michelle Obama's uh, dress last night. It was pretty daring. I, I told mm-hmm. I would, Laura and I were watching it last night. I said, you know, that's a pretty daring uh, look for a first lady. Don't get me wrong. She's hot. And she's got kind of an athletic uh, figure, which I don't typically go for, but she makes it work sometimes. She's got, like, she's very toned. Um, but... Uh, it's a very daring dress, and like the kind you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't see anybody else. I mean, we're all thinking about the same person. You couldn't see Barbara Bush wearing that. There's just no way. I mean, I don't like to think about Barbara Bush at all, ever. I don't like to think about any inch of Barbara Bush exposed, ever, under any circumstances. But I mean, Nancy Reagan, Hillary Clinton, nobody else could have worn that dress last night. It's just Michelle Obama, who, by the way, I'm going to say it, hottest first lady ever. Because here's a secret, here's something you're not supposed to say, but Tim, Tim isn't here to sort of punch me. I didn't find Jackie Kennedy to be all that attractive. I mean, she's not ugly, but I don't find her to be all that. So, Michelle Obama, hottest yet. Uh, let's see. And finally, this is just a little FYI for me to all politicians. This business of uh, we got to make America stronger, we got to fix Portland for our kids and for our grandchildren. How about you do things for people that are alive now? Huh? Too much to ask? How about people that are actually alive and paying tax? Why don't you fix things for people that are already here before you fix things for theoretical people who don't exist yet? No, no, no. We have to fix things for people who will live 300 years from now. I'm alive. I'm right here. I'm living now. Please fix things for me. You sons of bitches. All right. Uh, these balls look terrific. And so forth. Uh, Richie, will you do me a huge favor? Sure. Will you go screen these calls and let these folks know that we will get to them immediately after the break? Because they may be about Sam Adams. They may be about balls. They may be about both. Who knows? So uh, if you can go let these folks know uh, that we're going to get these calls immediately after this break. And we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins. Because, by the way, the Sam Adams thing is all over CNN. Uh, so Lisa may have questions for, for us about that. It's 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are back. And your phone calls immediately after this. Terrible. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This email says, this is from a man, by the way. I did not in any way learn this by watching The View this morning. Actually, my wife had it on and I had no choice. Actually, Nancy Reagan wore a dress similar to Michelle Obama with the whole off-the-shoulder deal going on. I was surprised, as it seems provocative, not just for the time, but for Nancy Reagan, of all people. That is, I don't like to think about that. Is Nancy Reagan dead? I can't remember. See, I don't know. I have no idea. Here's the thing, if Tim was here, he wouldn't know either. Well, all right. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Hey, by the way, uh, while we're talking about stuff, while we're talking about nouns, uh, do me and yourself a favor. Go to 970.am, 970.am, and you want to click on the banner that says Half Off Sale. That is uh, on the left side, about halfway down. Look for the Half Off Sale banner. Click on that. We actually talked about this uh, last week. There was a whole bunch of stuff, and I think there still is, I guess, in the pipeline for Valentine's Day. But there's a. We talked about the Italian joint last week, and there were. Uh, I know they were doing adoption certificates for the Humane Society that were half off, and those are still there, and they've augmented it with some other things, including this. I'm a big fan of the Clinton Street Theater. And if you, uh, you know, if you live in Southeast, especially, you've seen that place. If you go to 970.am right now, one of the things that they have in the half-off sale is uh, a package for the Clinton Street Theater. It's two tickets, two beers, and which is normally it'd be twenty bucks. And you can buy one of those for ten dollars right now. So it's a 
The certificate is, you know, 50%. I love seeing movies there. It's just like seeing them at the Hollywood Theater. Like, there's nothing like seeing something in an old theater. Well, and it's got that cool kind of old school feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you buy a certificate for that normally to be uh, $20, but half off. So it's 10 bucks uh, for two tickets, two beers at the Clinton Street Theater. And one of the other places they have there is actually one of my favorite restaurants. a place downtown called Jack's, uh, J-A-X. And I was actually just there uh, the That's other day. Cheeseburger place? Yes, it is. Oh. Uh, so Jack's downtown. And they have a certificate there. It's a $30 certificate that you can get for uh, just $15. So that is uh, at 970.am. 970.am. That and a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, that's just two of the things. So that's at 970.am. Look for the half-off banner and click on it. Uh, all right. We'll get to your calls in a moment as we are joined by CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. How are you? Hello. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? There you go. I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Are you rested up? Are you recovered? Oh, my gosh. I feel so much better. You know, by the end of yesterday, and not too long after I spoke to you guys, I I was getting delirious. And I I was on the air with someone else, and I was talking about the Bidens. And in my head, as I was talking, I couldn't remember. I I knew that uh, Mrs. Biden's name is Jill, but I was psyching myself out and saying, no, you just think that because his name is Joe. And you're replacing her name, basically. Uh, Anyway, it was a mess. And so, yes, I'm rested and much better. So you were wait. So you were like having a whole little conversation inside your brain while you were actually trying to do the news. That's exactly right. So I'm I'm on air and then I'm trying to decide: should I go with Jill Biden or am I crazy? That's not remotely her name. You should have just done sort of a <laughs> Biden. Just kind of a you know, just sort of bluff your way past that. That's what I do. Well, I tell you about my friend when I was a really big student government geek in college. A friend of mine was running for student body president, and he could not remember anyone's names. And we were walking down the hall with him one time. And he sees someone that we all knew, and he's like, "Hey, Rory," and we're, and you know, the girl's name was not remotely. Uh, it was like Sabrina. That's and, awkward. And he said, "But I'm not sure she caught it." He said, "No, everyone thinks I if you if you say like Rory, they they think you said their name." And I said, "That's not true at all." Yeah. It just it just sounds really like you don't know their name. <laughs> That's, it sounds like a great moment from an as-yet-to-be-filmed Will Ferrell comedy, oh, but... uh, where the guy's name is Jeff, and he's instead calling him, uh, you know, like Wilhelm. Uh, no, 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 if you just say Wilhelm, and, they, you know, they'll think, you know, if you just sort of say that, they'll okay. think that it's their name, and you go, right. no, that's that's not true, it just sounds like Wilhelm. Right. Yeah. How, are, how are you guys? Is the madness of yesterday dissipated? Uh, it was less mad for us, I guess. We weren't really in the maelstrom, but we had. I mean, it was, you know, a bit of a weird day yesterday, anyway. Because I guess, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, well, the madness. Well, and you know, Sarah was. Uh, she was here yesterday, but recovering. She no, was I ill on Monday. I feel you with the delirious thing. Like I was totally delirious. I barely remember yesterday's show. Yeah, I feel the same way about it. everything past inauguration yesterday. I just kind of was. Ah, uh, yeah. So I mean, and then I, you know, I went home. My wife had yesterday off from work. And as I was leaving for work yesterday morning, she's like, be sure to put the TV on CNN. <laughs> and so I got home, and apparently my wife had watched something like 10 straight hours of inauguration uh, coverage, wow. which, no disrespect, I love CNN and all, but no, <laughs> no thank you. I'll pass. Uh, so by the, by the time I saw, like, the ninth dance between the Obamas to the same song in a slightly different venue, I was done. I'm like, I'm out. Uh, I'm going to go watch Anthony Bourdain. Really? Wow. Well, because that was the thing, right? They were going from one venue to another. Right. Right. Uh, doing dancing to the same, which you know, fine. I'm all for the same song each place. And I am for yeah. I think it's uh, what is that? At last. Is At that last, the song? right. So I'm you know look. I, I am a big fan of pageant and symbolism and you know and all, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but it doesn't you know at a certain point you're like, okay I'm 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 done. And you got to know that they were probably feeling the same way too. Like Obama's probably like baby I'm beat. I, I gotta I, I the president needs a nap. <laughs> 
I mean, you you know, you do understand why Reagan, by the you know, by about one o'clock every day, needed to just go take a, some shut eye. I mean, that's uh, that'll wear you out. So. Right, and Bill Clinton apparently was a napper as well, but he, you know, he was watching C-SPAN until three in the morning. Yeah, well, that's you know, Bill Clinton and I, you know, the, it's the same body clock, you know, and then you're thrust into the uh, you're thrust into the eight to six world, and it just knows. Yeah, and it just it's not it's a bad fit. But did you see the inaugural parade? Um, no. And, and not very, well, not very long into the inaugural parade because everything was running an hour plus late. Uh, that actually the entire reviewing booth where the Obamas were watching the parade, all of the seats behind them, which very happily for the media had the name of the person who was supposed to be sitting in it, mm-hmm. it was basically empty. You know, like best seats in Washington, That's everyone fantastic. had taken off because they had to get ready for the inaugural ball. So there were the Obamas watching the parade, kind of, you know, with just a few handful of people around them. Wow. Which is, you know, I think is not not very cool actually for all of those groups that had traveled and oh no I uh, TV I, stories about the fundraising to get there. No, that's one of those things where it's like if they're going to put your name on a seat, uh, you got to be there. I mean, right. that's like and you can't not show up. Virginia Governor Tim uh, Kaine, bad luck for him. And your face. He was right there. His name prominent. Well, see, and that's you know what your name is going in a book somewhere. If you don't show up, <laughs> probably you know you're supposed to be sitting by the Obamas or something, and you don't you, you stand them up. Your name there's some guy probably not Obama, but his name probably rhymes with Emmanuel, and he's probably writing your name. <laughs> right. Right. Writing your name down on a spiral notepad, and you're going to be dealt with at the appropriate time when nobody's looking. And really, what's involved? You, you put on a different outfit. Right. That's your guy. Exactly. No, what, what's the big deal? Hey, by the way, just uh, I was sort of talking about this earlier, but now the email is really with me on this. The, Michelle Obama, hottest first lady ever. I mean, really just. And may, I don't mean for that to sound disrespectful. I mean, really, it's, a, it's just, a, you know, as a guy, that's a, really, I'm, it is a compliment, you know, in the uniquely yeah. male way. She really is uh, smoking. I mean, I'm a, I'm a... I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, so, and really, and I, I hate to sound like I'm just piling on the uh, like, what is it? The, 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 I've consumed the Obama Kool Aid or whatever it is you're yes. saying. I hate that, but I mean, drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. Th- there's just no way around this. They're like the best looking uh, first couple in the history of everything. Yeah, they are just, that's just a, good looking. That's a scientific fact. I mean, they are very, very good looking. Yeah, I, I will admit, yeah. And he's rocking the white bow tie last night, which I like a lot too. Not the I black agree. tie. He's going with the going with the white bow Stepping tie. it up. That's what, because when else, there, there are very few times when anybody wears white tie anymore. He made it work. And if you can't do it at the inaugural ball, and you are the president, come on. Yeah. No, I mean he's. Uh, do it. It really is. Even if you didn't know anything about that guy or what he stood for, his positions and anything, you look at that and you go, "Well, that's uh, I can never look that good. I'm going to quit trying." So. Yeah, I, and I, and obviously. Two beautiful girls as well. They're going to be disgustingly good-looking kids. See, you can you can say that. If, if anybody else were to say that, it would sound sort of odd. But you know, you may. But you know what? You can. Here, here's the thing. You deliver that because you know what? It is. They are just. It, it yeah. really is. It really is like a snapshot, a series of snapshots last night where they are this like almost distractingly good-looking family. Yeah, I they mean, are. I mean, there's just no way around it. Also, I read something today that. Um, not only was he rocking the uh, the white bow tie, he was in fact wearing a bullet resistant suit. Oh no kidding! I saw that this morning. Wired magazine I had a whole thing that. about it. What? The suit that Obama was wearing is from this guy who makes like fashionable evening wear that is also bullet resistant. <laughs> I swear to God, it was in Wired magazine today, and they were showing like a model on a catwalk, like sporting like, you know, like a smoking jacket or something. But oh, also it'll stop a nine millimeter slug. Wait, well, I would say. I- the term 
resistant makes me nervous. I mean, that's not bulletproof. Well, no, but I mean, nothing like is bulletproof. If it's, if it's just resistant, what's the point? Nothing is really bulletproof, though. I mean, you just need to, you know, if you get anything that's bulletproof, you just need a big enough bullet. So, right. but I mean, I, look, let me tell you this. If I was a guy who was going to be in the public eye, maybe some people don't like me and those people are crazy and have guns, I'll take bullet resistant over like, you know, Calvin, <laughs> something off the off the rack from Calvin right. Klein. <laughs> Uh, let's That's see. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you do you feel that um, Obama euphoria has subsided? Is it still there? Is it now part of the blood of the nation? Or kind of where are we? Is everyone hung over? What's going on? Well, it's not that it's subsided. I do feel like there's a whole lot of... There's a great sense, you know, there's a sense of afterglow, one might call it, a sense of satisfied completion and a sort of like, well, okay, that was great. You know, and I feel yeah, like that's going to, you right. know, obviously it burns off over time. But, I mean, I think everybody right now is, I think all you have to do is just think about the image of Bush flying away in that helicopter and you're happy all over again. <laughs> Not, and I really think that was, and it's amazing because because there are many presidents who come into office because people don't like, the person yeah. for them, you know, but but Obama, I think people genuinely believe in him. The people who voted for him believe in him. However, the crowd certainly biggest moment for them. Bye bye to Bush. Yeah. That was the biggest moment easily on the mall yesterday. And I, I saw uh, there was some news site yesterday. They were doing a snapshot, a uh, WhiteHouse.gov, which is the official you know government right. White House page, and they were doing a, a like literally at at uh, whatever it was, uh, uh, noon Eastern time, yep. literally at that moment. You know, the IT guys switched over from the old web page to the new one. And he, I have to tell you, I would be lying if I if just looking at the web page. And it was like then and five seconds later, and it's Obama. And I kind of went, ah, well, I feel better about everything. I mean, really, it's just, it just, uh, you know, George Bush was, he was like, he, at a certain point, he became like the horrible, he was like having Jacob Marley hanging. Uh, wait, Jacob Marley? <laughs> wait, or is Jacob Marley Bob Marley's kid? Who's the guy in the Christmas Carol? I think it's Jacob Marley, right? Who's Bob Marley's kid? He can't also be Jacob Marley. That's Jacob Dylan. Ziggy Marley? Ziggy. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Where it's just yeah. sort of like a... It was like... You know what it is? George W. Bush was sort of like, after you've eaten a lot and you're feeling kind of sick because you've had too much and maybe it wasn't all that good in retrospect, it's like he's he's sort of like the dirty plate that you look at about an hour later in the kitchen. You go, oh, God, that's right, that meal. Ugh. <laughs> uh, he was like the, it was the, the dirty plate reminding you of that, you know, that souffle that you really shouldn't have had. So, uh, let's I will tell you one this one thing about you know of course there's going to be some uh, you know little snags to a new start, but it, it was interesting this morning that the Obama team they hit the ground running yesterday for the most part a lot of people went straight from the inauguration of the White House to start working, but this morning um, the entire pre White House press corps arrived and found the doors to the press room still locked I think all the way until something like seven or eight a.m. And then they got in there, and there's uh, signs on the door for the o Obama communication staff to whose office is whose. And some of their names were actually <laughs> misspelled. Oh, I don't know which awkward. people. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, but a little awkward. And then there's two guys that come in with just big big tags that say contractor, you know, to try and set up the email. And the phones weren't working. You know, they're classic, you know, the White House starts up just like the rest of us. Uh, by the way, here's an, this would be an interesting uh, sidebar piece for somebody. Because you know, because I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a recent uh, I'm a recent purchaser of a MacBook, and so like everybody who buys a Mac, I have to sit and go on and on about it till people are sick of it. Is somebody on it? I would be curious to know actually. This is actually I think a thing that nerds everywhere would like to know. 
What kind of computers do they use in the White House? Are they Mac or are they PC or or and but it's not then it's not just that it's not just a question of like who makes like is it is it is you know is it uh, you know what kind of hardware is it it's also a question of the operating system for example is yes. it do they have a proprietary operating system if they use Windows is there a super secret version of Windows that is more secure that is made for the White House I would honestly like to know what kind of computers and operating system the White House uses. Hey, you know, the U.S. government's got to have a massive and many, many, like, software, depart software IT geek-out departments. Seriously, I'm telling you and right now. Tons of them are involved in that. You know, there's got to be the NSA is probably involved in that decision, and then just your regular IT guy some, somewhere. And I know I throw a lot of ideas out, and probably most of them are garbage. But here, that is a really, really interesting thing, and I'm telling you this right now. That story done for CNN about because you know the white you know like you watch the West Wing or something and it's always like some weird it's like in movies it's some weird you know fake operating system they've made for the movie right um, I'd be curious to know what kind of computers and operating system does the actual White House use and if that story would that's one of those stories that would get picked up on like. Uh, the Farks and Dig dot coms of the world that would that's a story that would get read everywhere by every nerd. That's right, and, and there would be a massive comment. The comment yes. section would just be ridiculous. So you should, uh, I'm just saying, file that away. I'm trying to put some, yeah, yeah, I might wait. They're a little, you know, I'm feeling not returning calls too quickly yes. today over there, but um, I'll file, you know, and you still have to, I don't know if we have time left today, but I'm still waiting for your uh, ideas for <laughs> for the ways the Republicans could have disrupted or uh, just uh, Ooh, oh, I got a great one. The pranks, yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, I'll give you one. Well, I told you that at the uh, at the inauguration, there should have been some guy throwing up his crutches, going like, "I'm healed." Right. Uh, you yes. know. Uh, so um, <laughs> and blah blah blah. What was I saying? Oh, so there's that, and then, but now here's the thing: the Republicans. See, now it's the day after your inauguration, so now it's no longer disrespectful. Here's what the Republicans ought to do. The Republicans ought to put up a series of billboards in major cities that sort of look like bingo boards. And the deal is the bingo boards, uh, you know, ought to have things that, that Barack Obama will inevitably do that they can then check off. In other words, the bingo board will have like, uh, you know, it'll have like a raise taxes or it'll have um, uh, aid resigns in disgrace. Or it could just have a quote like, um, you know, well, we're just going to have to wait a little longer to do those things. And then as he does these, as the Obama administration fumbles... They can update the billboard to have those things sort of checked off. Oh, that's not bad. There you go. That is not bad. So you pass that idea along to you know some uh, you know some you know uh, any operatives you might know. Nutty Republican operatives up yeah. here. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Who are all now working for consulting firms? Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like you know I got more ideas that I can actually use. I know. I know. All right. On that note, uh, I guess uh, rest up. Are you on tomorrow? I am. I'm on tomorrow. All right. Well, we will talk uh, more then. Until then, have a uh, great afternoon, Lisa. All right. Cool. Both you guys too. Thank you. There you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll get, presumably, Steve Kastenbaum here in a few. Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. How Hello. Are you doing? Hi. How are you today? Good. What's up? Well, I've heard you talking about Priscilla Presley lately, yes. and uh, it seems that you may have forgotten that she was involved in a uh, fake cosmetic surgery ring that was going on down in Los Angeles a few years ago. And I had sort of spaced that. Katie Darrell from TMZ made some statement about that yesterday where it was literally a guy who was using, like, cooking oil or something. Uh, industrial grade uh, silicone. That's no good. So her face is pumped full of industrial lubricant. That <laughs> and not in the sexy way. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, you look at Priscilla Presley, and it's not just that she looks bad, although she does. 
it's that she looks like not only bad, but like an entirely different person. I mean, you know, the guys in my generation, of course, saw her a lot in The Naked Gun. You know, she was on The Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen, where she looked great. But you go back and look at her with, and it's not like everybody stays young forever, but I mean, you just you look at her all the way through the 80s, and she just looks one way. And you look at her now, and it is like an altogether different person who looks simultaneously younger and yet much, much scarier. It's it's bad, so... It's, it's like those globs of silicone inside her face are just migrating. Well, kind of they're shifting around, which is what gives her the big trout lips. And wouldn't you think if they were going to go... I mean, it's like and this is in a guy's living room. Yeah, come over to my living room and let me uh, pump lubricant into your face. Wouldn't you get, like, a second opinion on that guy? Or maybe go to Yahoo and see what his rating or something is? I mean, it's... Well, no, they would have uh, parties at someone's house. Uh, he would show up with his little kit and, and take people. Kit of industrial lubricant. It's just disturbing. <laughs> yeah, come, right. come over. We're going to inject lubricant into your face. Oh, that's great. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I just had a comment about they actually did, I don't know, maybe they did more, but uh, when Reagan got in office, they immediately sat him down and had him deregulate the energy industry. Like, Is that true? Right after he signed. And, and by the way, somebody pointed out that uh, that Obama has actually already done something. He got into the office, uh, I don't know, it was last night or probably this morning, and he uh, yeah. suspended the uh, suspended the trials of the terror guys at Gitmo. So so I, I stand yeah. corrected. He has actually already gotten to work. Good for him. Oh, and Nancy's still alive. Nancy Reagan still alive. You're you're sure? Yeah, she's. When is the uh, last time you checked? I looked at Wikipedia. Like just now? Yeah, about ten minutes ago. Oh. So she may not be. No, but I mean, you know, so it's up for debate. But I mean, as of ten minutes ago, Nancy Reagan lives. <laughs> All right, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. All right, bye. All right, fantastic. Hello. How about that, Steve Kastenbaum? How about I know I just wrote him and I'm getting nothing back. Well, Richie was in here for a minute. Do you suppose he was calling on the other line? No, no, Richie had it transferred to his cell phone. Mm. So he was not calling. Mm. Yeah, I, did. yeah, I was giving Darcy all our stories. My God, we have not gotten to any stories. Gotten. Gotten. Got? Is it gotten? No, gotten. That's because got right. would be, uh, we have not got to any stories. We've not gotten to any stories. See, that's one of those things, though, that I don't know. Is that know. even a word? I don't, but see, I don't know. I don't know okay, where. Thanks. I've always kind of wondered if it's a word. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay, sang, sung. I don't know. Okay, but again, swim, swum, drink, drunk. Sang song. Okay, here's another one. Let me ask you this. Um, if if you're going to say, uh, like, uh, and then he led us up the mountain path, how is led spelled in that sentence? L-E-D. See, but I thought it was L-E-A-D, and then the context gave you the pronunciation. Oh, God, I don't know. See, neither do I. And look, I'm, you know, I know, I, I know some stuff about words. I know things, but I don't really, I don't know the deal there. Yeah, you know, he he led us he led us down the hallway. I thought it was L E A D, and then the pronunciation came from the context, and that's it, how you. It did. is L E A D. But see, I don't know. But then when do you when do you use L E D, or do you? Is that like a completely made up word? L E D. I think because I have a friend named Led, so I'm thinking maybe that's why I'm getting confused. He's L E D. But I mean, but is that an actual word that you would ever use? L E D. I would think so. See, but I don't know. Well, but see, these are you know, but it, I think it, maybe other people they might be. Confused. Look, here's the thing. You know how Lycus makes that point about um, women uh, women who weigh 110 pounds are always obsessed with weighing 105? If you and I didn't know anything about the English language, we wouldn't care at all. But it's that we know, like, I can say this, we know a lot about uh, about words and stuff and speaking and talking. So, but because we know a lot... We know a little be, bit about a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so we get incredible, but then we get disproportionately paranoid about the about the words that we don't know. So whenever, you know, you come across a word, you don't know how to use it, 
I get all weirded out about that because I do pride myself on knowing how to, you know, do do a lot of talking. Well, I'll just get some of these calls, uh, and then, uh, you know, whatever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hello. Rick. Hey. Hey, <laughs> I wanted to add something about that Priscilla Presley. Yes. Um, the house that they used to do this at, and this is true, was uh, Lionel Richie's. So they His would, wife, Diane Ritchie. At Lionel Ritchie's house is where they would have these lubricant parties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. But I got a great story about this. I went to school, high school, with Diane Ritchie. Uh-huh. And at that time, he was married. He was dating her when she was still in high school. Uh-huh. And? Everyone wait, knew it. I mean, wait, he was wait, dating oh, a high school girl. Oh, wait, okay. Okay, so but not, okay, but, well, let's back up for a second. Tell me this one more time. You went to school with who? Diane. Her oh, name right. was Diane Alexander. And this was Lionel Richie's wife? Yeah. Okay, but wait. But they're, this divorced, is... they're divorced now. His second wife. Oh, but this is not... Okay, so wait. So this is not like he was in high school at the same time. No, no, no. Ah, see, he that's was where I... 30 or 40. Creepy. I'm sure it was all perfectly legal. Uh, the, uh, the... Okay, see, for, when you were first saying that, I thought, well, what's wrong with that? And then I pictured Lionel Richie in like a varsity jacket, uh, and then both of them at the prom together. Who knew? You're saying, I thought it was one way, but you're saying it was no, the other he way. Was th- he was late 30s. She was under 18. No, now that's just an allegation, sir. We don't know that to be true. Well, everyone that's in a, high school knew it. <laughs> that's something that you're saying. I, of course, am not saying that. And all just right. on another note, she was best friends with the... The stepdaughter of uh, the people who owned In and Out. It's all, you know, it's all just. Uh, it's not even six degrees. It's now just two and a half degrees. Right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yep. All right, there you go. Well, you know what? He's one of the commenters. He can do what he wants. Uh, now this is Steve, but we here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to see if Steve can uh, hold on. Hold a second here. This will be. This will. This will just be an informal. Uh, hello, hi, Steve Castabon. Hello. How Sorry, you? you know, I don't know where my head is lately. I, I'm late on my call here. Yeah, you know, now you're on our enemies list. Oh no, not really. Not Let me ask ask you this: uh, Can you hang on for a few minutes, or do you have to do? Do we have to do this now? I mean, we can do it now, but I'm saying if your schedule allows you to hang for a couple, we could do that. I can hang actually. Uh, I've got some free time here. All right, great. So uh, I'll tell you what: We'll take a break here. Uh, get this break. So we're caught up. We'll come back. Steve Katzenbaum in just a moment. Darcy Zettler, later PDX 49, will step in at the news desk today. Uh, let's see later on. Jim Roop, uh, the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. You're into the I don't get to be the hero. Oh, my God. It's a good day. We will uh, speak to Steve Kastenbaum in just one moment. Then Darcy Zettler, late of PDX 49, will join us. Sarah, would you like to uh, tell everybody what you're holding in your hands? Thank you, Dante, the cab driver. I have a copy of Repo, the genetic opera. <gasps> on DVD today. On DVD today. And it has a bunch of bonus features, and I know what I am going to do tonight. Go buy it, people. It is the most hilarious bad movie ever. You can watch the uh, director's commentary so you can hear Oh, my God. Not uh, only the director's commentary, but they have the actor's commentary. Please tell me um, Paris Hilton is on it. Mm, uh, no, but that um, Terrence uh, Zunich, um, that guy that I met who's, who plays the grave robber, mm-hmm. there's commentary by him. Excellent. He's very dreamy. So well done, sir. You know the way thank to Sarah's you, heart. Dante. Thank you, Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so Sarah got the repo, the genetic opera, and then I have a... Uh, a creepy uh, old-school metal advertisement that has a demonic-looking child. <laughs> it's drinking right coffee, which is a little creepy. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. How are you, sir? 
I don't know where my head is lately. Uh, this is the second time I've uh, been late in calling you this week. Well, that's fine. You know what? We'll just chalk it up to inauguration fatigue. Yes, inauguration slash economy slash Madoff slash U.S. Airways fatigue. Well, uh, you know, it, it been one kind of thing after another. You guys, Sarah and I were talking about this. That at CNN, I can't even imagine. Like, if we do like a like a listener party or something, we're all beat for like three or four days. I can't even imagine. Because it's not just the inauguration of the crash, but it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. Ever since the election, basically, for you guys, it's just been nonstop go. Yeah, we don't have a down season anymore. We used to have, you know, a month in the summer where it would be pretty quiet for news. Not anymore. No, it is a, it is a 24-hour, 365-day-year news cycle, my friend. Yeah. Oh, all right, so here's the thing. After the, this plane, the, the plane ditched into the Hudson... I, there were a lot of people asking me, or I got these emails, or my blog, or whatever. People would say, hey, what about the luggage? And, which at first I thought they were just kind of being wacky, like sort of, uh, you know, hey, what about those in-flight meals? But then, I, but then I realized people were actually sort of curious, and that is the sort of thing that, is, that this show does probably better than any other show that's on the air, is trying to find out the answers to small, nagging little questions that you just can't ever find the answer to. Uh, you know, stuff that bugs you. Like uh, the example we always give is that... Uh, you know the uh, uh, you know the how long could man live on bread alone? And the answer by the answer by the way is is about nine days. Uh, but you wouldn't want to live that long because you would be dying of thirst the whole time. So, oh, bread alone with no fluids. That's no, what I'd I'm saying. Okay. Oh, with fluids though, it's like if it's like 45 days or something, but it still it would suck. And I believe it ends with all of your cells uh, just turning into mush. So that's no good. But. Anyway, but everybody was like, well, what about the luggage on this plane that lands on the Hudson River? And it became like a Mythbusters thing where we really wanted to find out the answer. You, though, have kind of the answer to this. I do have the answer. In fact, it was one of the first things I asked uh, a couple of days ago uh, because, you know, you could see some pieces of luggage in the river being recovered. Uh, and uh, you, you knew that most of the plane was still, uh, you know, ha- hadn't been compromised so that the luggage was still in the hull. Right. Um, the, the, get this, the NTSB already knows what brought this plane down, although there are some questions about the right engine, because the same plane had some engine problems on the right wing uh, two days prior to this. But we know for a fact that they flew into a flock of birds, left engine went out, they lost all power on both engines, and that's why it went down. However, protocol says, if I was a passenger, I'd be pretty upset about this. They have to take all the bags, weigh them as they are wet, then dry them out for eight weeks, weigh them again, eight weeks, weigh them again, and then determine whether or not all of the luggage was stowed properly and evenly distributed weight-wise. Why, I don't know, because they already know what brought the plane down. And I have to ask this, even if you accept the, the proposition that that's a good idea, why would you want to weigh the luggage when it's wet when presumably it wasn't that way when the plane was in the air, so it couldn't have affected anything? I, that, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, look, even if the luggage was stored improperly, what does it matter? The, the, look, if I can just say it, the luggage wasn't wet until the plane crashed. So I don't understand why you would need to weigh the luggage while it's wet. Presumably <laughs> that's not a variable you need to concern yourself with. It makes no sense to to me no. uh, on the surface. None. I'm sure there is some reason for this, but the you know uh, the people who, uh, who are on the flight they're receiving five thousand dollar checks from U.S. Airways because of this inconvenience of right, not having right. their stuff. Although I mean, you know, if, if I dropped a, a whole bag in, in the Hudson River, I don't know that I'd want it anymore either. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll take the five grand, and you know what? I take the five grand and I take the luggage just because then it becomes a sort of horrible, uh, morbid keepsake. Right. 
You know, it becomes a thing you can, you know, you, it becomes one of those things you can use to tell your grandchildren how bad you had it. I was in a plane that had to land on the Hudson River, you kids, and then you shake your valise at them. <laughs> it was all just so I could say the word valise just now. Valise. Hey, hey let me ask you this, Steve Castabam. If you are writing uh, a sentence in the English language, if you were to, to write the sentence, and then he led us down the hallway, how are you spelling led in that sentence? <laughs> Oh, uh, you, you you got me now. See, now you and you me. work for CNN. Okay. You, you have to... me. Oh, I'm not smart when it comes to spelling. You, you've got me double uh, second guessing myself. Where like did you go to school, month, sir? Uh, here in New York City, in the fine public school system of New York. Did you attend uh, university? I uh, the CUNY University, uh, City University of New York, uh, on several campuses. All right. So I'm... I was going to say uh, my 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 initial instinct was to say L E D. See, and that was my thing too. But then I thought. Isn't it L-E-A-D, and then, like, the context gives you the pronunciation, whether it's lead or lead? Like, read or read. Yeah, exactly. See, that's what, see, that's, that's how they get you with you. Don't get me wrong. I am a, I am a proud user of the English language, and, in a, in a, in a, here's the thing about me. I am to the English language like some nerds are to, like, I don't know, Linux or something. Let's just be honest here. If you know any IT guys, engineers, computer uh, dorks, and I say this with all due respect... You and I both know that a lot of times computer guys love things that are hard because they are hard to use. And so that is why I get us up to using, like, what are you using? I'm using uh, Windows XP. And this, it, you know, there'll be a little, a little bit of a smug smirk because it is a point of pride with, with computer nerds that they are able to use something that is very difficult. Because, you know, while I'm at home using my MacBook, you know, there'll be some guy, you know, in the audience who's an IT guy. What do you use? I use a computer that I built myself with a soldering gun and spare parts that I found laying around town that I built into my own motherboard. You know, and they like that because it's hard. My thing with the English language is it's a point of pride with me that I can use the English language more or less properly, uh, even though it's incredibly difficult and makes no sense. Uh, so that's one of those things where I get hung up, though. Just like swim, swum, drink, drunk, drank, you know, lead, led, uh, sang, sung. Like, like the sang, sung, I have no idea what the past tense of sing is. Hung, hanged. Right. It, hanged, doesn't even, hanged doesn't even look right. That doesn't even look like a real word. All right. Also, bone and debone mean the same thing. Bone and debone. Like a, like a I fish. I bone the fish, I yeah, debone the fish. It, it, yeah. it means the same thing. Flammable, inflammable, same thing. Here's another one. This is my final one. Quite a lot and quite a few mean the same thing. What is up with that? Uh, well, I like all the words that have become uh, standard uh, standards uh, in our in our daily conversations that actually aren't words. Like irregardless. And don't even don't get me started. People here say that all the time. People in Portland say irregardless all the time. Or unthaw. I'm, unthaw. They'll say that in Utah. You hear that one a lot too. I gotta go unthaw my dinner. <laughs> that's when seriously. Don't get me don't get me wrong. Uh, Utah's an interesting place, a lot of culture, unbelievably hot women. They could not sometimes find proper grammar, I mean, like two hands and a map. And it would, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. The, you will talk to people in Utah that are not only going to go unthaw the dinner, but they're going to have that dinner after they bath the dog. Ooh. I'm going to go home and bath the dog. Really? Yeah, do you know, Yeah, it really, yeah, it does. It jags on the eardrum. All right, are you on tomorrow, sir? Uh, yes, I am. All right. We will talk to you then. Until then, uh, may the good news be yours. We will talk to you soon, Steve. Thank, Thank you. See you guys then. Bye. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. The love of sweet God. All right. Uh, I wonder if these are all grammar calls we're getting. Because that'll, be, uh, that'll be exciting. All right. Let's see here. I'm going to just take these calls randomly as they're coming in. Hello. Hi. Random unknown caller. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
Hey, have you heard of that uh, 12-year-old girl in China? Wait, let's uh, back back up again. Uh, your cell phone is going wonky on me here. Have I heard of what and the who? A 12-year-old girl in China who can't stop laughing. I heard, I thought I heard one that was like wouldn't stop hiccuping. You mean like like as a clinical, like as a pathology, she can't quit laughing? Because if you know if that's the case, there's probably a job for her on a morning show right now. What? She can't stop laughing. It started when she was two years old. She lost the ability to speak. Uh, it, it, the first time it happened, she was in the midst of a high fever. Now she's 12, and her parents are just peasants trying to uh, uh, spend money on a cure, but they're completely broke. Wait, no, I, hold on. Where did you hear about this? Paul Harvey News. Well, I was just because I was about to say, I don't mean to say that the news from China is sometimes uh, inaccurate or perhaps not entirely, uh, you know, truthful. Right. Does, well, I mean, I, I imagine there's, you could probably find something about it on the Internet. She's supposed to be 12 years old, started when she had a high fever when she was two. The, the parents have spent themselves into poverty trying to find a cure. The only reason I'm, I'm skeptical about this, it, well, two things. One, uh, Paul Harvey just uh, peddles a bunch of crap most of the time. I mean, uh, and I don't mean his products, I mean his news. Like, Paul Harvey's news is just uh, riddled with inaccuracies. Also... All of these stories seem to take place in, like, a far-off fishing village in, like, the Dongyang province of someplace, and it's, like, where it can never be verified. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even have the Internet. I'm a caveman or something. But... All right, well, we're losing, unfortunately, we're losing your cell phone. So um, if you find out more about it, let us know. I'd like to believe that it's true. Uh, you know, just because I like stuff that's I love interesting. I Paul Harvey, though. Uh, Paul Harvey's it's great, like but... me of being little. Here's the thing about Paul Harvey is you got to recognize Paul Harvey for what he is. Paul Harvey is the uh, he's the radio he's the auditory equivalent of Dear Abby, like a thousand years old, uh, and just kind of. Well, he was a thousand years old when I was like six. Years he's old. never been young. He's never he's like Steve Martin, uh, you know, who always I think just came out of the womb with a head full of gray hair. Paul Harvey is just there, and he and it, like at a certain point. It's like how professional wrestling is, you know, it's the, the Vince McMahon no longer even pretends that it's real. They just call it uh, the wrestling entertainment. Paul Harvey is sort of news entertainment in, in the sense that it's not, strictly speaking, accurate. Just like in, it's like in Dear Abby. I remember this was like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 15 years ago. Dear Abby was actually, uh, before this is sort of, before urban legends became kind of widely known, Dear Abby would run these columns about every four months about don't fall asleep with a whore because she'll cut out your kidneys. You know, so you got to just... Uh, I take it with the requisite amount of salt. Do one more here, and then we'll welcome uh, Darcy Zettler to the program. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hey, Rick. I think uh, I think it's lead, L-E-D. If you have leaded somebody up, uh, did I you really just say that? Well done. <laughs> yes, I, I did. And um, start lead, again. Start L again, please. L-E-A-D is lead, like the metal. Try it. Well, just, yeah, oh, okay. I know. Start start from the beginning here. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's LED, I think, is the past tense of, of lead. So if I were led down the hallway, it would be LED. I think so. And then... Uh, to what extent are you guessing? And what's that? To what extent are you guessing? Like, you know, what percentage of this is a guess? Uh, not much. I think, that's, I think that's what it is. I was just trying to Wikipedia it, and I can't... That was probably really easy. That's like when you try to. Uh, that's like trying to go, trying to Google LED, and you know, and all you really get is just a bunch of nerds writing about and the diodes. LED lights and totally. Yeah. So. Or Google LED and. Find you know, we need to have about paint. We need to have some hot librarian girl uh, on speed dial. You know what there I mean? I can just ring up at any moment and just ask her. You know, just ask her some question about something or other. So. Yes. All right. That's what I'm going to look into. That. All right. Thank you, sir.
Okay. All right, there you go. Yeah, that call solved nothing. Thanks. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Darcy Zettler, late of PDX 49. Hello, how are you today? Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have to oh, ask you. coming on. I don't wish to stare. Are you wearing tie-dye? I can't quite tell. Uh, oh, I would say it's eye-caught, maybe. What is, please to explain, what is well, that? Well, it's a type of, a type of dyeing. Okay. It, because, I was trying to figure that out, too, because it looks kind of like flowers, but then it looked kind of like tie-dye. See, it looked kind of like tie-dye, but I, I felt like... It's a mystery. Really. You're an enigma uh, you wrapped in a thing. And I didn't want to see, and I figured if I looked long enough, I could probably figure it out, but then that leads to a whole series of awkward sort of, and then he just kept staring at me. He tried to pawn it off as some question about my clothing. I don't want to be the creepy guy. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right, Darcy Zeller, so people may know you from such media outlets as PDX 49. Yes. And you were there until uh, until just recently? October. Until October. Yes, I was there for about two years. And so uh, normally, uh, and we've been sort of running behind it, largely largely my fault. We're always running behind. And this week has been really just... It's been a little crazy. It's been crazy, by our own standards. And so normally what I'll do is I'll sort of, uh, you know, if the people are coming in to be at the news desk, I'll just say, hey, why don't you, you know, write down a couple sentences so I can sort of give a brief summation of, you know, right, right. Who, who is Dave Schmidtke or whatever. Gotcha. Um, so who is Darcy Zettler? So you were at, uh, you were at PDX 49 for a couple years. Are you from Portland? I am from near Corvallis, Bloomington, right. Oregon. Grew up down there. I actually fell into TV randomly. My brother and sister-in-law both work in TV. Mm-hmm. And in here I, in Portland? In Portland, yes. Uh, My older brother actually is at OHSU now, but recently got laid off from there. So if you need a couple more people, let me know. But we, um, I fell into PDX 49, which is now actually PDX TV. They've changed the station name. But I just got a part-time job helping them out during the summer. And it turned into an entertainment reporting position that I had doing the Entertainment Zone with Chloe Hauser. It was great. We did Features on food and music and events and all kinds of things. Got to feature lots of cool local businesses that might not be able to afford advertising right. normally and get to show them to people in Portland. But things changed. So That's a polite. You're, you're, see, you're way more polite than, <laughs> than, than we have been when we've been fired or, or frankly, than most people have been who have been in here. So. so does the segment still exist without you or does it? It does. It does. Okay. Chloe's still on there. She, um, They've changed it to PDX. Uh, what, I don't even know what it is now. That's okay. I don't work there, right? That's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> P- it's uh, PDX TV Reports now. All right. Uh, so she's out and about. And so how was the, uh, if I can ask this now, we, we have people kind of take us through the, uh, you know, because of the, it, we, uh, we're we focusing on the media because that's what we do, but obviously it's a lot. I mean, every single day we hear, you know, we get email from listeners like, I just got fired today, jerks, and, you know, whatever. Uh, so... So we always like to uh, let people know that they are not alone, that it is, firing right. sucks for everybody, yeah. regardless of who you were. And we've been fired. I mean, I've been fired like three times in this city alone. So um, so how did, it, now how did they – did you know it was coming? Did you catch it by surprise? Well, you know, I kind of knew something was up just because advertising had been down. Everybody right. knows it. And, you know, that's the only way that TV stations make money. Right. Advertising. So you know it's down. You knew something was up. But they kind of told us everyone's safe. And then I That's never a, true, by never the way. Never true. Never true. I, I worked a late shift that day. I came in around 12.30, and the word was being spread. People are being laid off. Oh, no. Did you think about going home? Oh, no. I I'm sat- sick. I, uh, I, can't, I can't stay. i got to go. You know what I did is I sat down right at my computer, did none of my work, deleted all my files, all my emails. Good for I you. I prepared myself because I knew. Formatting I was- C. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, I cleared my cookies on my Internet. I did everything. Excellent. Good for wow. you. Way to see me on the ball. How much time was there between when you were clearing to when they came to your desk? Probably about two hours at the most. Two hours. And then it was, you're in, you're out. And then did somebody come by your desk or did they call you? 
It was actually, um, I like to call it a flyby. I think they were just really nervous. It's a really new management team over there. Mm-hmm. I think he was really nervous about telling me I may have been one of the first or second people. Who, who you know, I mean, I don't have to use his name if you want to, but who was the, what was the, the GM? The GM. So the GM. All right. Okay. And he literally went by my desk without actually missing a step and come to my office. And that's oh. and, and it was, I, you know, and he regretted that, and he um, did say that to the HR guy, who then told me, not to me personally. Of course not to you. Right. He didn't, of course, why apologize in person right, right. to the uh, to, to, really to those bad. you have wronged? Look, would you pass along to her that she has my sincere apologies? <laughs> I mean, I don't, uh, I don't actually wish to speak to her, but let her know that uh, I'm offering a warm and sincere apology through you. There are lots of great people there, and I, I was glad that it was me and not my counterpart, because she would have been away worse off situation than I was. That's such so. a nice thing for you to say. That do you mean really that? Is. is that a lie? No, no, I really do mean it because right. they she would have like lost their house. I'm just checking. I mean, it's like I got asked. I got asked the tough questions. So, uh, so yeah, she's in the office. It was it and was the HR person in the office with me when it was ha- when they, they the like, GM oh, like please God. come to my office and you go in and like there's the HR person like the angel of death. Well, I didn't just, know where to go. That's the thing. He just said I need to see you and it was <laughs> without stopping. And then I'm like, well, I'm right here. You can see me. Just look. <laughs> where do you want to see me? So I figured it uh, out. I went down there and then it was sort of a group. Right. You know what's going on. Here As you go. know, yeah, it's yeah. a trying economy for everybody. Right. And uh, oh no, they didn't even go there. You really? They oh, just no. go right to the it, get out. It, the I, I pretty much said, let's just. I know what's going and on. And we skipped to the bottom of the page. Yeah. 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 So are you still buddies with uh, Chloe? I am, yes. Good. I just saw her last weekend. So there's no rancor animosity there. So that's oh, good. No. Cause, no, I mean, no, no, You know, and of course, we, uh, we said we've had, uh, speaking for myself anyway, I mean, you know, there's no good firing, but it can go, sometimes it can be much worse than other times. And, you know, there's a lot of companies uh, where we've worked where, you know, you have, you have disagreements with individual people or there's certain folks who handle things, right. uh, you know, maybe in a way that is not ideal. But, you know, we still have friends there. And we always mention, you know, Intercom. We have a lot of friends who still work at Intercom. Right. And, uh, you know, and so it's, uh, well, anyway, so I'm glad that it was, I mean, at least reasonably amicable yeah. uh, for you. No, no regrets. You know, I always say I never really meant to get into TV. Right. I sort of was there. And then two years later, I wasn't. Suddenly, suddenly and you were I no longer there. That's kind of me with radio. I never really intended to fully <laughs> make yeah. my career out of it. And it's like, oh, okay, here I am. How many years people later. can say that they've been on TV for a couple of years? You know, so I'm just going to go with that and keep on trucking. Excellent. Do you have any uh, other You topics? really are just relentlessly cheerful. I know, I, you don't, I know. Don't take this the wrong way. You're like, you, you really it's don't. It's good for us. We've had kind of a depressed yeah. week. <laughs> this is You're good. really just a, yeah, just a the, the round peg square hole or something like that because we're just kind of, you know, we're just kind of black rainbows in here most black of the time. Black rainbows. So, so do, do, do you think you'll uh, pursue another career in TV? Or do you, you know, I don't think else? so. I think I'm done. It's it's a pretty ruthless industry. I mean, you guys know being in radio, but I also, I, I have a lot of other skills skills that I've used in the past. I've been was in management for seven years before. So I'm I'm ready to get back into that. So next time you can money. be the firer. Yeah. Next time you can be doing the crushing of dreams. I, I have done that a lot actually in my you. previous career. So yeah. what was your previous career? I used to work for Pier One Imports. I lived in Las Vegas and mm. Boise, Idaho and was managing about thirteen stores for them. All right. And so uh now do you, have you ever had to fire somebody? Oh, lots of times. Yeah, in Vegas, oh my goodness. Is there a lot of turnover there? There is so much turnover. That place is crazy. What is your? Let me ask you this, Darcy Settler. When? Uh, what is your? How do I don't put this? What is your opening line? In other words, if somebody had to get the sack, uh, what? Uh, what was your? You didn't obviously walk by the desk. Go, my office. What are you gonna? Right. How, what was your line? Did you say like, can I see you for? How, what did? What did you say? You know, I I have a signature 
signature firing. A signature firing <laughs> style. Firing style. And it's, I, I don't know if I can share it with all of your listeners. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you just a little bit. So when Let's pretend that I'm the one who's going to be fired. Okay. okay. All right, we'll do a little role playing here. So, all right. Uh, all right, here I am. Oh, I love this job. I can't Rick, tell Rick, you how I'm much gonna, I love this. I'm going to need to see you in my Hold office. Hold on just a second, second, Darcy. I'm busy writing a letter to my wife about how much I love this oh, job. Oh, right. We're buying a house. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. I'm ju- I just come in my office for one second. I want to chat with you. Okay, hold on. Let me click buy on this expensive Amazon purchase. Oh, and... perfect, perfect. All right, yes. And Now, besides money. your excessive Internet use, I want to talk to you about something else. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I would bring up this situation. Let's say here that it is uh, stealing the bank deposit. We've, we've, we've found out that you may have stolen the bank deposit. I'm right for the nuclear here, option. Here are... <laughs> Here are all is the, this you all on the, the surveillance film, Rick? All the information. Here's yeah. the surveillance film. All yeah. of that. And you know, Rick, I just I want to give you the opportunity to pick your pride up off the ground and walk out the door on your own. Wow. Because this could be a big situation. We don't want to go there. You can make the choice and get out of here right now. I'm telling you right now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you like that? That's good. That's good. Really, I, I have to say, I hope for his sake that Sam Adams isn't listening uh, right now because that's probably <laughs> going to ring very true to him uh, at this very moment. That's that speech will probably have extra resonance. Yeah. Oh God, that's good. Thanks. And so was that? It and so you, you, I had a hundred percent success rate with that one. With and by that you mean no shootings. Uh, that as well, and so, people would do it. They'd people say people would pick what? their pride up off oh the God, ground. You're and right, walk Darcy. Away. I should leave right now. So Thank much you. easier than firing someone way less paperwork. Wow. That's, I never was, see, wow. and I've only had to fire a couple people in my life, and it sucked every time. I mean, obviously, it sucks way worse to be fired. I know that. But I was never, seen. I was just always like, so, uh, anyway, let me just, uh, and I would do the thing that you're not supposed to do, where I would just, because, you know, the deal is like, you just, just say it. Because they, because, you know, most of the people know, right? There's a tone. Right. They know that, you know, there's a vibe to the What's meeting. You call to the office, shut the door. And it's like you just think like, oh, hell no, you know. And it, but I and I would just drag it out because I was just so awkward about it. I remember the first guy I ever had to fire was when I worked in another state. The first guy I ever had to fire, this was in Utah. He had lived in Washington and had, wait for it, at my urging, quit his job, packed everything he owned, and moved to Utah. Which is like, and asking somebody to move to Utah anyway oh, yeah. is like, uh, you know, it's like asking to move to a rendering plant. It's just no good. And I was like, hey, will you leave that job that you love in Washington, a state that, uh, you know, you've come to view as your second home? Will you pack all your possessions and move here for a uh, terrible, low-paying radio job? No, no, no. It'll be fulfilling. And this is a great company. People are our most valuable asset. And he said, sure, that's great. Packs up all his stuff, moves. He was there, uh, I think, less than a month. I mean, really, like, less than, I mean, it might have been just a few weeks, but it was less than a month. And the general manager uh, at this particular radio station in Utah decided that he just didn't like the guy's voice. He didn't have a terrible voice. It wasn't a classic radio voice, but right. the guy didn't have... And the GM just came to my office when he goes, he goes, hey, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy in the morning show. And I said, yeah, so-and-so. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I don't like his voice. You should, uh, you should get rid of him. And I said, oh, well, you mean like maybe move him to, you know, like maybe move him to, uh, you know, just to, to like uh, doing Overnight. something, move him to call screening or something. He goes, no, I want you to fire him. It's like, and I, I wish I hadn't asked for clarification, because if I hadn't asked for clarification, I could have just moved the guy to overnights and right. pretended, like, oh, I, I misunderstood. But no, I asked for clarification like an idiot, and the GM goes, no, I want you to fire him. Was, ah, crap. And so, I, and, he, and he made it clear it was like that day. So I bring the guy in, he sits down in my office, and I say those faithful words, hey, can you shut the door? That's great. Uh, he shuts the door, and he sits across from me. 
And I kind of said, and I, th- I think I said something like, so, how's your day going? <laughs> like, I'm trying to make small talk. It was like a reflexive. Like you didn't know how to start? Yeah, but and it was like my brain defaulted to whatever you say for small talk. Like, nice shoes you're wearing there or whatever. And, and he's like, yeah, yes, they are. And I said, so here's the thing. And, you know, and I think he must have known then. And he kind of tensed up a little bit, and I said, like, I got I to let you go. And it all came out, and I, and I looked at him, and the only way I can describe this guy when I, when I said, look, we're going to have to let you go. It was like a marionette uh, that somehow remained standing, but all the strings had been cut, and it just sort of, all the strings had been cut, and it just sort of slumped. Oh. Just sort of slumped. And and he and he said, "Oh come on." Yeah, <laughs> and I, I said and, that. Too. And it was all contained in those two, oh, those two syllables. The you know those three syllables. The oh come on, because then what he was saying is, "You asked me to quit my job and move here, you jackass," mm-hmm. and, which is all true. And I said, uh, "Yeah, I know." Um, sorry. I, uh, that's what my way it, it builds them up. Yeah, they they feel like they have pride and ownership when they're leaving. And it's an opportunity for them to leave and to uh, go on to the next great accomplishment in their and, life. And feel like it was their choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why my boyfriend said, "Yeah, you no more TV. It was fun. No money. You gotta get You've into the straight layoff other, business." Yeah, I know. I just hire me to fire people. Actually, you know what? I'm. Hey, wait a minute. Just go into wait HR. A wait, a minute, go. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Website. Wait a minute. I don't know. Now, this is that not, is actually that's a actually idea. a good Ooh. idea. Don't steal it. That intellectual property that was created right here at CBS. Uh, no, 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 we're here to help you. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a, no, no, that's, a, that's a great idea uh, because firing people sucks, and you could always just pose as like somebody from middle management out of town, the regional office. We're going to stunt yeah. fire? A stunt firer. Oh, I like it. That is oh, a great idea. Cool on a business card, too. If only you'd had this idea a couple of days ago, you could have gone over to Clear Channel. I could, no kidding. Huh? I mean, you know. So, I haven't even heard about all that, but you guys uh, have lots of dude. seeds spelled. Oh. Started at 7%. By the end of yesterday, it was up at 9%. Really? Oh. Yes. So, well, which I say with... matching the, the uh, employment, unemployment average of the... And I and I say that with, with the greatest amount of sympathy and respect for everybody that got sacked at Clear Channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do. Uh, but it's... Those are friends who work there as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friends at Cleartap. Yeah, but there was, you know, the company expected to fire 7%, and then later it was like, you know, on the internet, like the line through it, 9%. Anyway, let's do it on a day when everybody will be paying attention. No, let's do it on inauguration day. Good, good plan. (laughs) Anyway, well, all right. Um, Well, we're way behind here, so we should... uh, (laughs) we reset? Well, what with all the firing talk? Uh, We should take a break. Come back after this. we got the phone calls to get to, and then Darcy Zeller will give us the news there as only go. she can, uh, and uh, so forth. It's 503-733-2970. Stay there. We are back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Tell him so And while he thinks that she's a very special lady It's probably not the way he chooses to go But a lifetime of longing looks 
much distraction. Good thing that he's not gay anymore. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. Just be glad it's him, not you. If you had Tom Cruise's troubles, you might be Tom Cruise crazy too. You'd flash your big white shiny smile. You'd buy expensive shoes. But you'd be the only man on earth who couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise. Oh no, you couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is always getting older. He knows he'll never be that young again. And when Tom Cruise looks back over his shoulder. Thousand younger leading men, and he knows someday he'll have to play an old retarded grandpa. Well, someone younger plays his sexy son. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. Just be glad it's him, not you. If you had Tom Cruise's troubles, you might be Tom. You'd flash your big white shiny smile. You'd buy expensive shoes, but you'd be the only man on earth who couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise. Oh no, you couldn't. Enjoy it's the Tom Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jonathan Colton. Uh, Jonathan Colton will be on the uh, show later on today. He's going to be at the Aladdin this coming Saturday, the twenty fourth. Uh, so you got to be uh, buying tickets for that now. And go to Jonathan Colton. Dot com. All right, we're here with uh, Darcy Zettler, who sounds fantastic already, by the way, and not just because that uh, bitch and firing idea you had. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I'm telling you, people could... are warning us now. They're like, oh, you might as well, you might want to check her business cards now because she might be the, the firer for the powers that be. Well, but at least we already have a relationship. You know what right, I mean? So it'll right. be easier. Exactly. And you won't know if I'm the stunt firer because you know me. That's what I'm see, oh, the, no. see, there you go. Be the one. That's we'll schedule, like, yeah, we'll see. Like, hey, you want to come on again? Sure. How about I come in next uh, Tuesday? Yeah. I close the door. Really. That's like one step above, uh, just one step removed from hiring one of your friends to fire you. Ooh. You know, hey, Bob, do you want to go to lunch? Oh, and anybody, if anybody should ask, you're you're fired. Right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, Sarah, it's 12.44. Should sure. we start the new news hour? Absolutely. We have a nice little story. Fantastic. Here's your news. And now, now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Hello, Darcy Zettler with the news. Hello. All right, take it away. Now, uh, earlier this week, you were talking about stories that you would want to hear from the inauguration, Rick, that yes. would really pretty much just make you angry. Yes. So I brought you a present. Fantastic. Because I knew that this one would make you angry. There was a marriage proposal. Of course there was. At 200 feet from Obama, Bill Ferguson had a close-up view of Barack Obama's inauguration, but don't ask him what the new president said in his address. I guess that's why he wasn't there for that. He actually smuggled in an engagement ring, which is my favorite part of the story. The Secret Service loves the phrase smuggled into the inauguration, blah, 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 blah. In particular, he smuggled the engagement ring past security inside his black-knit Obama-Biden cap. That's That's my favorite part of the story. Uh, They were all very excited when the 25-year-old former Teach for America volunteers made the proposal to his now fiance Leah. Smith. Oh, are you kidding me? So no, he that actually, was for you. Let me. Do, he smuggled the ring inside. What? It was a. It was. It a, was his black uh, stocking, black knit Obama Biden cap. All right. So let me understand this. So he's smuggling a wedding ring, an engagement ring, inside a black knit Obama Biden stocking cap. 
Into the inauguration to propose to his girlfriend. He's 25, and he used to work for Teach for America. Yes. All right, and you and you. Here's the thing, and you know, if you look at that guy's resume, he worked at an Apple store at one point too. You just know it like in your bones. And he went to Reed College, probably. Ooh. All right. Uh, he had actually won an essay that, that I think we probably had heard about this. Uh, twenty-five, uh, twenty-five thousand people had uh, written, submitted an essay about why they should be able to go to the inauguration. So he'd won the ticket. And here's the thing about this. So I was watching it uh, yesterday, and they were saying, I think at one point they were claiming it was going to be like 2 million people. It ended up being, I mean, like only a million and a half or whatever. It was, I mean, it was everywhere. I mean, he was from the Lincoln Memorial to the, to the Washington Monument, right. everywhere. A million and a half. And here's the thing. It's like I want Google map satellite images or something to see how everybody got out of there because... It was, I mean, just, un, I mean, packed is not even the word. It's just a ridiculous understatement. But, I mean, it was it, 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 people as far as the eye could see, just a sea of humanity. And then as soon as Obama's like, you know, and so help me God, and Brooklyn, you know, and then he's done, you know, and he's like, it's like, I'm out. And he, uh, so that happens. And then immediately, then they roll, whoever, the, the poet, uh, the, the woman who right, was reading the right. poem, she came up and she, you know, and she came, roses are red. And she started to read and everybody was like, poetry, we're done. And they started to go. I looked at the screen like five minutes later, and everyone was gone. And so my whole thing, it's like they all went down a drain or something. So I don't know how everybody got out of there. I mean, they couldn't all have walked, right? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I know that they had them sectioned off. So that probably helped. They each had different exits. Yeah, see, and I in those sections. See, and I see, and I don't know these sort of things. See, I'm not the because I'm not you, Darcy Zeller. I'm not really plugged into the happenings of the inauguration. Well, I don't have a job, so I was watching it all day. <laughs> Excellent. It's like I was talking to uh, the win. I I won't say who this was, but I was talking to one of our uh, one of the folks who's helped us with the news. Right. And this person uh, uh, had made the observation to me because I it was somebody that I had. I'll just back up. We had had somebody scheduled, fell apart at the last minute. They they had car trouble or whatever. Couldn't make. So I called somebody else and I said, hey, you know, by the way, this person's supposed to be in today. They couldn't make it in. Uh, you know, would you feel like coming in and ha- you know handling the news for the day? And they're like, hey, no problem. And so I was sort of apologizing later. I said, hey, you know, I'm sorry to have called you at the last minute about the news. And this person said, looked at me with just like this this look of absolute sort of self-recognition in their eyes. And this person said, you know, I've read the first six Harry Potter books in less than two weeks. Uh, so really, you're just saving me for myself at this point. I, uh. I have to leave the house now and again, so thank you for calling me. It was so, an intervention. That's what I'm saying. So, Good. you know what it is? Good. But I do remember, actually, with the last time I was unemployed, even though I didn't need to, I would just get up and I had about 15 different news sites that I would read in their entirety. You know, like today I'm going to read all of salon.com for no reason, <laughs> just because I felt like I had to. So, Very right. nice. Yes, I've consumed myself with that, going to the gym and cooking a lot, which is sort of counterproductive, but Excellent. it seems to be working for me now, and if looking I may, for jobs. Now, if I may ask this question, it's none of my business. Are you say a boyfriend? Are you, do you live together, yes. apart? We do. We live together, Dustin. All right. So let me, let me first of all, let me just understand this, just because I'm speaking on behalf of now the male 18 to 44-year-old demographic. Got it. So, Sarah, help me out. Help me not be creepy. Uh, what are you, I don't know what you're trying to ask. Mm, here we go. Uh, that, I was... I was just going to say, uh, Darcy Settler is a, an attractive young lady. Well, she's on TV, of course she. Is. There you go. See, not, but I don't wish to sound what? like all you know. I you know I don't wish to sound lecherous about you're, it. You're I'm just still like, under the creepy line. Right. So, uh, an attractive young lady who, while jobless, you actually spend your time going to the gym and cooking. Yeah, right. therapeutic. Uh, so there you go. Cooking I'm just therapeutic. Uh, 
It is. I think so. All right. Really, the only way that that statement could have been any better is if you would end it with, well, you know, uh, I've uh, been on television, uh, you know, and uh, now that I'm not, I'm spending all my time going to the gym and cooking and brushing up on Madden 09. Oh, right. So, right. I mean, really, that's like the only way it could have gotten Brewing any better. my own beer. Yes. How about that? Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, Dustin can help you with your uh, Cheeto dilemma, though. He works at Frito-Lay. Really? Oh. So the, the, I'm going to get with him on the finger orange situation. Okay, because the... I just want to know. See, and Katie Darrell had this thing that it was like, the reason your fingers get all orange is because when you are eating the Cheetos, your fingers get you get kind of like spit or saliva or something. And then when you go back into the bag, it's picking up the Cheeto dust. I think it's got to be more than that. In uh... fact, so we ought to do some sort of a Mythbusters thing where somebody with totally dry hands... Just picks up the Cheetos, puts them on a plate. Picks them up, puts them on a plate. Because I am guessing that you still get, I would say, nearly, like, the difference is negligible. Well, you'd have to wear, like, rubber gloves or something, because once you build, once your fingers, oh. just by dint of being fingers, but I'm saying, that would ruin the texture of the finger. It's got to be something with that, right? But I'm saying if you get two different people eating Cheetos, one of them eating them out of a bag, putting them in the mouth, uh, and then the other person, just as a control group, is just eating Cheetos, but just picking them out, or not eating them, but just taking them out of a bag and then just setting them directly down on the plate. Oh, so you're, so the hands are getting no moisture. Then you compare the person who is putting their fingers near their mouth to the other person, because I suspect that the amount of Cheeto dust that comes off the Cheetos under your fingers is going to be almost identical. I think that the Cheetos themselves, here's the theory that I came up with. <laughs> Because this is what I do. You, uh, you know, you uh, spend time reading about the inauguration. I think about Cheetos. Um, my theory is, is that the people at Frito Lay, that they have deduced somehow by focus grouping or research, they have deduced that the experience of having orange Cheeto dust on your fingers and then kind of like this is so gross, but you know, like kind of licking it off, that it must oh, be. Does it. That's, but see, that's the thing. So it is, it is inextricably linked to the overall product experience. It is in that way, it is the savory snack food equivalent to that thing of twisting off the Oreo and eating the, uh, the, the, you know, the, mm, the filling the first. Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. So I think they could fix it. They intentionally don't. That's just my theory. Well, if you would like to do that experiment, you let me know. We can make that happen. And Excellent. we could actually have Chester Cheeto come in and do it with you, which might be kind of fun in itself. Really? I'm not kidding. Oh, I know people. Uh, I wish we had a camera in here so you could see your size light up. That is so exciting. Chester Cheeto. All right. Let us, uh, hey, Richie. Um, you're, you're just like a grown man boy. I'm, 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 an, I'm an adultolescent, Sarah. That's the okay. marketing term we use now. Uh, Richie, by the way, we let uh, just F1, the confidential to Richie in room uh, down the hall. Will you let Susan know that I will call her during the next break to, uh, to, to talk to her about that? Nothing important. All right. Look up there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Darcy's out there with the news. All right. Naked man escapes flaming tanning bed. Now, I personally like this story because I've been here. Regina, Saskatchewan. A Regina man escaped serious injury when a tanning session went seriously wrong and his tanning bed went up in flames. The Regina Leader Post is reporting the incident happened at the Millennium Tanning Salon in downtown Regina. A bigger person could not have escaped the tanning bed that went up in flames, my favorite part, at a downtown Regina salon late this morning, says the man who squeezed out safely, realizing something had gone very wrong. But what do they mean a bigger person couldn't have escaped? Well, the best part is that he said that. He said it. Oh, okay. So it's like because, of, because, because only because so of my spelled thin. zero body fat appearance. And he's oiled. That sounds like a greasy douchebag. But I mean, why? But I don't understand. Like, is it? Uh, do those? Uh, here's the thing. Can I just tell you this? I've never gone to a tanning place, which I'm not. It's not like I'm better than everybody else. I just choose. I'm pasty. I just burn. I don't tan. I burn, and then I go back to being the color of milk. So I, this is the thing I know about myself. I am a chalk-like human being. You're saving money and your skin. I, you know, that's, yeah, this is going to be pointless. I mean, uh, there, there is no reason for me to tan. So. 
What does the bed lock? Does it, you know, you get in and then it closes down on you? Does it lock down or something? Well, here, here's what he said. Unable to lift the lid, he had to push the stereo out of the way to push himself through the one-foot opening in the bed to get ah, out. Ah, okay, so, so the it lid does, was it closed. Shuts, it shuts down, but it shouldn't lock. And it caught on fire? It, uh, let's see here. He said You're sure it was a tanning bed. seem right. I'm pretty well, he sure. he hadn't gone to a barbecue place or something by yes. mistake. Well, he heard a pop and saw some flames and knew he had to get out. Yeah, I'll take things I don't want to see in my tanning bed for a thousand. Uh, let's get uh, some of these calls. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program on KCMD Portland. How can I help you? Yeah, hey, Rick. It's Dante, the cab driver. Hello, sir. Dante, Bring... I love you. Thank you. Uh, I love you, too, like a sister. Earlier uh, earlier today, uh, we uh, received a couple of packages. Uh, Dante dropped off uh, the DVD of Repo, a genetic opera, Sarah's new favorite film uh, for her, and uh, also a creepy metal advertisement for some sort of unnerving product from the 40s. Well, that creepy metal advertisement, if you look at it, is for Ambrosia Chocolate from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know who used to work for Ambrosia Chocolate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? I don't know. Uh, will anybody in this room be impressed if I have the answer to this? I bet it's a serial killer. I don't know. Is it John Wayne Gacy? Is it, is it Ed Gein? It's Jeffrey Dahmer, baby. Really? Wait, yeah. so, so Jeffrey Dahmer worked at Ambrosia Chocolate? Yes. Yes. All right, then. Okay, well, yeah. now this well, does yeah, have added meaning. very cool. No, see, now it's like you have pretty... Here's the thing. Now you have imbued this uh, with significance. I'm going to hang it in my office today, sir. Because the serial killer of the month calendar is already done. I moved on to my Mad Magazine cover of the month calendar. So this this will keep the serial killer vibe alive in my office to intimidate coworkers. Excellent. Excellent. All right, thank Excellent. you, sir. All right. Merry Christmas. Thank you, my friend. That makes up with the fact Dante. that when I went to Milwaukee... Uh, to audition for that job, they wouldn't give me uh, that. Uh, that I didn't get to see Jeffrey Dahmer's house because they'd already uh, they'd already paved over it. Very, very disappointing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. What's a piece of history, sir? Hi, you're on the Rick Darcy. Emerson show. Hi, Darcy, Sarah, Rick. Uh, you folks in the communications biz uh, really have the power to make ambiguous words disappear or reappear. Uh, remember, Letterman came up with the uh, forced the phrase Elvis has left the building. Uh, he something he came up with years ago. Uh, but in the uh, in, in the print business, in the newspaper biz. They took care of the problem of lead, lead, and all that by just making a new word of their own, L-E-D-E, which they pronounced lead, for the lead sentence uh, in a story. So the ambiguity of hot lead for the type, um, they just make their own words up. And you can, too. I don't know whether this call is great or awful. I... Um, I'm, I'm serious. If you can check. L-E-D-E is a word. Uh, even the New York Times uses it. Wait, let's... The... Hold on. There's so much I don't understand. Let's back up for a second. Okay. What? I mean, okay, so L-E-D-E. L-E-D-E is a word specifically that was, that was created by the newspaper biz, the people in the newspaper industry, so there would not be ambiguity when they... But they don't use it in stories, do they? Uh, it does. I have never seen a newspaper use the word L-E-D-E. If you go to the New York Times, uh, the, webs, uh, the New York Times website, and you look, they actually have a column um, uh, on communications called The Lead, L-E-D-E. All right, I'm going to have to go look this up. This sounds like some weird Ipsum lorem, like, placeholder text thing. Well, right. it's because they used lead, the metal, uh, for type, and apparently there was some confusion at some point. So they just, they just made up a new word to, uh, to minimize the ambiguity. Raise your hand in this studio if you understand everything that's going on in this call. I think somebody else had the same discussion, and they couldn't really figure it out, so they made up their own but words to solve the problem. But I guess what I'm saying is, are you saying that this, and then I swear to God, we'll be done with, like, somebody else has already talked William about Sapphire's on-language <laughs> column. The... Are you saying that this is a word that is just basically a, an industry term used by newspaper people with other newspaper people? Or are you saying that the newspaper industry came up with this word, L-E-D-E, that they now use in stories? 
I have not seen it in stories, but if you go to ah, so it's like a, dictionaries... So, just, so it's like an industry slang term. I don't think it's slang. Uh, it's, I've seen it in regular dictionaries, mm, right. regular Webster's dictionary. Right, I'll have to look it up. All right. Well, thanks for giving me one more thing i gotta, uh, I got to stress out about now. And can I just complain about my favorite word that's not really a word? I know the regardless bastardization is mm -hmm. your favorite. Mine is proven. There's no such word as proven. It's prove and proved. See, proved sounds wrong like hanged sounds wrong. It, it does, but if you relate it back, like, could you please move the chair? It's already been moved. It's you wouldn't like, say moving. You wouldn't say it's already been proven. Uh, so. right. This is, you know what, this is, we're just going down a rabbit hole here. I'm, I'm sorry. All Goodbye. Right. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Curiouser and curiouser. All right. It's, uh, by the way, the New York Times is not to be trusted because they spell advisor e uh, with an S-E-R. So, I mean, really just, you know, proceed at your own caution with the New York Times. All right. Here's uh, Darcy Zettler at the news desk. All right. Well, we were talking earlier about Obama's bulletproof vest. Yes. Found this kind of interesting. According to some reports, he wore a suit made by a clothier specialized in bullet-resistant clothing. We've already covered that. While no one from the U.S. Secret Service has yet to mention any details about the garment's structure, some are speculating it may have come from a line by Colombian designer Miguel Cabrero. As we noted last year, Cabrero is known for his super tough but flexible and business-appropriate clothing. And this Flexible is, and bullets. I have an issue with those two words together. Now, when you were saying the uh, the now, did you saying his tux last night? What what did they did they specify which outfit they're talking about? Let's see here. Because I was looking at his tux last night. I just taking it. Laura and I were my wife and I were talking about how you know just again what an astonishingly you know hot couple they are. And then I was I was pointing out that he's got that tux, which is obviously it's you know it's custom tailored and whatever. But right. that tux he had on was really quite exceptional. Oh, it was he really looked, something. Looked so dreamy. Yeah, I it mean, was it was a nice tux. I like the white tie. I, I love the white bow tie. Right. Yeah, very that, that see that was my thing. And of course it's the, the it's just like unless you're George Clooney, the thing that the, the regular tuxedo now. It's just that it's so common that it almost doesn't make any... Like, you almost don't even see it anymore. It almost seems... No, it doesn't seem very special. It's like, yeah, that's a, that, exactly. That's it. It seems like a generic, you know... And look, something you can get for 50 bucks because you're going to try to look hot for some girl at your prom, not all that impressive. But Obama makes it work with the white tie. And then, you know, Michelle Obama came out. She had the off-the-shoulder, that, like, yellow dress she had, which was, which was great. And then uh, also could the show sound more gay. And then also this... <laughs> But then I saw the story this morning that he's wearing some bulletproof outfit, and I was going to be, like, triply impressed. Well, if... actually, it's saying that that was not the bulletproof outfit. Or, excuse me, bullet-resistant yes. suit. It was the one that he was wearing during the time that he took the oath. Well, see, but that's... Which makes sense, because he was walking down the street. I mean, he mm. was pretty high security. That's just as impressive, though, because that was a that was a good outfit, uh, too. And he had that great, he had, like, a sort of a peacoat thing kind of happening uh, over the top of that, which I quite like. By the way, uh, just as a side note... Uh, we there is still a bounty on the audio of David Gregory, C uh, C uh, NBC White House correspondent, saying, "Let's see, hold on, saying these balls look terrific." So I know he said it last night because I got like a hundred text messages. Like Lisa Wood sent me one, like, "OMG, David Gregory just said these balls look terrific." I didn't get these balls look terrific, but I got another ball one from somebody. And my computer's right. All right, but this is uh, really just <laughs> remarkable to see them and how relaxed he is in front of that young crowd. A lot more balls ahead. Bonus, bonus points for using a head in the uh, in the same uh, sentence. Well done, Anderson Cooper. Uh, it is uh, 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, a uh, quick suggestion for the Cheetos uh, coloring your fingers. I, I, like Darcy, I have a family member that works for Frito-Lay, and I got a sample of uh, basically they're making a Cheeto, an organic Cheetos, like, you know, like an off-brand, uh, off not mm -hmm. off-brand, but like an offshoot of Cheetos, and it's an organic variety. 
Um, quite cheesy, and they don't leave an orange residue on the fingers. They're the puffs, though. They're not like the twisty regular. No, see, but that doesn't count. That's not a Cheeto. That's not oh, yeah, a Cheeto. Okay. Okay, I, I I didn't think so either. I'm partial to original Cheetos, but they did not leave a residue on my fingers. Well, that's like the uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be sound disproportionately angry about it, but no, I no, 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 I no, I'm, I'm like you. I, I they were like oh, okay, but not no, not not as good. This is something that Al Reese and Jack Trout wrote about years ago, and it's something called line extension. And so what come uh, line extension is is where you have a product that is like Pepsi. Pepsi uh, begets begets. God damn it, whatever. Pepsi then gives us Diet Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi, Pepsi Light, Pepsi Free, Pepsi Menthol, Pepsi whatever, and it's that's line extension. And so what you're talking about, I've seen what you're discussing, and they, they claim to be Cheetos, but they are in fact the thing about Cheetos is They're that kind of like pirate's booty. That's exactly it's the pirate's booty type puff. In other words, they basically are like sort of. I don't know what the word is. I mean, but you know, they're basically shaped like uh, like elbow macaroni, and they are of a consistent circumference all the way down. Whereas Cheetos, the, 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 like, the, the defining characteristic of a Cheeto in addition to the orange powder is, of course, the fact that they are almost randomly shaped and they're a very dense yeah. product. They are they're not crisp, puffed crisp. full of air. They're, yeah, they're much, much crisper, yes. I, uh, All right. do you, I, I'm gonna, I got a separate question, sort of. Do you yes. remember a product that was even crispier and cheesier called Nally Snap? No. No, oh, I don't. God. They were they were good. I just no one seems to remember them. Oh well. No, I don't remember Nally Snap. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, by the way, I will tell you this as we're breaking here. You know what I have tried recently? I have tried that competitor to Pringles because Pringles are, of course, you know, they're their own food. They're not even really a potato chip. They are, in fact, their own separate food group. Uh, there is now a competitor to Pringles that I think Frito Lay might, in fact, manufacture called Stacks. I know that your man works for Frito Lay, so I'm simply going to say that. I will put it this way. I'll be polite. I will say that it really, uh, Fritos, uh, 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 Pringles are still, you know, Pringles are still number one in my heart. I will give okay. Frito Lay a uh, a nice try. That's what I'll give him for that. Well, <laughs> well intentioned. All right. Back after this, more from Darcy Zettler around the corner later on. Jonathan Colton, uh, as well as Jim Rube from CNN. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay right there. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you all for coming along. By the way, I was in the kitchen just now attempting to purchase some Visa, which I was finally successful in doing. But you ever do that thing with the vending machine? And I know you have, where you go to type in like B8, and then for some reason your brain just doesn't, like a vapor lock in your head, and you just, you know that it's B8, but you press B, and then your finger just goes right for the 9. And it's not like you hit that plastic dividing thing that separates the two little rubbery keys. You know, like it slips or something, like you aim for the 8, but then it bounces off the little, you know, goes right to the 9. Like, I actually pressed the 9 for no reason. I don't want the 9. I don't want what number 9 is, and yet my, my hand just disobeyed me. It was like a Seth Green idle hands kind of a thing. So I, I now I'm also blessed with a bottle of... Who makes an idle hands reference? Me. Awesome. Uh, I'm now blessed with a bottle of uh, Sierra Mist Free Cranberry Splash. Ooh, can I have it? Really? You mean ironically? No, I mean, that sounds refreshing. Oh, well, does it really? <laughs> it does. All right. I, of course, Sarah, I'm not going to consume anything that's not Visa, one of our fine of sponsors. Not. All right. Well, there you go. Isn't Sierra Mist, is that the Safeway soda? no calories. 
Is is I Sierra like Mist the Safeway the, so, house soda though? Is no, that no, the deal? no. That's uh. Because there's something that, that like the house branded Safeway is something like Sierra Mist. Thank you. You know, it's one of those. Uh, it's, um. What is it called? Darcy Zettler in the newsroom. What I, is the Safeway house brand soda I'm, called? I'm reaching deep into my brain. Uh, you don't have it, do you? Shasta. No, no. see, but that, no, Shasta is actually like a, like an external. I mean, that's that's another like third, brand? like a fifth tier soda, but it's not a house brand. Uh, the last time I checked, the Safeway house brand was Cragmont, but that was also like 1982, so I, I don't really know. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, uh, singer-songwriter, geek icon, Jonathan Colton uh, will be joining us, and he's going to be the Aladdin this coming uh, Saturday the 24th, by the way. We'll have more with Darcy Zettler. We'll get your phone calls. We're, we're totally bereft of Cheetos, incidentally. There are no Cheetos to There's be had. There's a mixed like, bag in there with like Cheetos and Fritos and pretzels, Ooh. but he refuses to, to eat them. Because it's science, Sarah, and one must be pure in one's approach to uh, learning. So what's, what we got on the vending machine is a bag of munchies, which, oh, right. don't get me wrong, I really do love. They're but they're, just, they're not applicable for so our purposes Perhaps somebody here. can uh, run across to the plaid. And by somebody, do you mean Richie? I don't know. All right. Is this Jim Roop? I believe it is. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, CNN Radio correspondent, James Roop, joining us today. Hello, sir. How are you? Good afternoon to you, sir. How, uh, how's life? How are things? You recovered from, uh, well, it hasn't been as big a slog for you as it has been for, like, at least a day, Jordan, and all those guys. I mean, the, the no, run-up to the inauguration. Was, actually, it was an easy day for me yesterday, you know? So, um, you're talking about the inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of those days where I swear to God, it, it, I, I can almost hear you leaning back in a chair with your feet up, and I like it. Uh, um, and nice so to forth. be in the bureau. Well, you know, hey, because of, you know, those guys, I know that like the uh, you know, like the CNN folks on the East Coast, it's like you can just hear the exhaustion in every syllable they utter, and not that they don't sound professional, they do. Uh, it's just that I know that it's basically been since the election, it's been just a nonstop run-up of news. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, me, me, myself, I just spent the, the majority of the morning trying to find audio of David Gregory saying these balls look terrific. I mean, that's it. That's all I'm trying to find. <laughs> I mean, the, the best. I think we found Anderson Cooper saying something about what is Anderson Cooper saying in that the in the sound clip, Sarah? It's not something about it's not the juggling the balls. That's the thing that CNN.com said, which is great. Does we have a little Anderson Cooper? What is he saying here? Do we have the audio of? Uh, so I guess this was last night. Uh, really, just remarkable <laughs> to see them and how relaxed he is in front of that young crowd. A lot more balls ahead. A lot more balls ahead, which is good. I mean, that's <laughs> you'll forgive the pun in the ballpark. Uh, I but the. But our friend uh, and colleague Lisa Wood sent me, I mean, she, many people who did this, but she sent me this text message last night. Oh, my God, David Gregory just said these balls look terrific. You must find this. And then I went to CNN.com because I, I, you know, he was with NBC and I was trying to figure out, you know, where I could look. And I swear to God, the headline on CNN.com, which I think I printed out, actually. Hold on. I think I've got it over here. And it was uh, something about uh, Ob Obama, Obama's juggle election night balls, which is just... That's the sort of thing that makes this job worthwhile, right here. <laughs> I mean, that really is. I mean, I know that, like, I know that it's, you know, a new chapter for America and perhaps a rebounding of the economy and a fixing of relationships with, uh, you well, know, they just changed allies. the guy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but, I mean, this, this, is really, uh, this is really the icing on the inauguration cake for me. Uh, uh, let's see. What else? So, you, I, I know that we were talking yesterday about the inauguration and how long it was going to take like post-inauguration, for everybody to immediately get back to talking about the same stuff we were talking about before. You know, the, the inauguration fever sort of passes, and then immediately the media, by their very nature, they just say, okay, what's next? What is the next big thing we're talking about? And I should note, this is not a rerun. This is a live program. 
literally the day after the inauguration, you are in fact talking about gas prices. Oh, yeah. And is that sort of a – is well, that kind of in the, the evergreen pile? The interesting thing about the gas prices this year, it, it, we expect them to start going up this time of year because in anticipation of summer and, and uh, uh, spring and summer driving. They did go up at only uh, on nationwide just a tenth of a cent. Now, the reason being, and, and because we have discovered, I think all of us have discovered, that we actually do have some control over gas prices. Our input reflects what happens out there. So right. if we continue to drive less, the gas prices will maybe not stay low, but they won't rise as dramatically as they have. If we if we pick up if we continue to drive or if we pick up the pace a little bit, uh, the gas prices will go up even faster because they're anticipating demand. If we don't give them the demand they anticipate, gas prices will remain low. That's what the crux of the thing was yesterday because within with all the hoopla and all the pomp and circumstance gas prices still went up yesterday right right well because life still goes on we were you were you know you were just, you sounded like you were sort of channeling the independence day president just now a little bit <laughs> that was a lot of like life is for the living and we will soldier ahead and then like morgan freeman comes up and you guys hug or something oh yeah uh, well we were no we will not go gently into this good night Sorry, that was from the movie. No. We will not vanish. Without a fight. We're going to, We're live, going to live on. on. Oh, you guys, are you, aren't you guys beautiful? Yeah, we are. Here's the thing. is that you, you may or may not know this. We got a whole thing for that movie on the show. Uh, we probably I play... Bill Pullman in general. And it, and every day, we, we start every day's program by playing a speech or a scene or a soundbite from a movie, you know, so we'll play like, a, you know, like, like, a, like a, you know, Bluto speech from Animal House or something. Mm -hmm. And we start every day's show with that. But probably, I don't know, three times a month, we use the Independence Day speech, which started out as just kind of a gag, like whenever we couldn't find anything else. But now we just play it because we've sort of, like, I've gone from hating the movie to liking it uh, sort of, uh, you know, kitchily and campily to now just embracing the fact that I'll watch it whenever it's on. I mean, I've really <laughs> gone full circle on Independence Day. I like it. I like the movies. I like Bill Pullman too. I mean, I even liked him in Casper the Friendly Ghost for Christ's boy, sake. Boy, boy, you know, but but just just look, I I'm glad he, you know, God bless him and his success. It's a hard industry, but boy, he's the blandest man on earth. I mean, he's like Bill Pullman. It's, it's it's just like a it's like a glass of room temperature water. That guy. I mean, it's just not a lot there. And I will say that that speech from Independence Day, and I can now say this because he revealed this on the air. Whenever Tim Riley, who is a member of SAG, whenever Tim goes to audition, that's the thing he uses. Really? Yeah. So, wow. anyway. So, there you go. Maybe he, he should use a piece from what he's auditioning. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, like, that's, he didn't want to jinx it because I think he'd, he'd gone and he'd, you know, he'd gone to do a specific audition for a thing and it came together. But he didn't want to jinx it. He's like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it on the air until, until I know. So, we got a whole thing for that speech. Two things to say about what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. That's like five prepositions in one sentence, and I'm sorry. One. Yeah, but you didn't dangle one of them. No, I didn't. Uh, one is... Obama yesterday during his inaugural address and he takes the oath and he gives he gave what I would say it was a triple you know it was a it, it was a, a very good speech not a great speech that is largely because and I know why he did this he's no longer campaigning so he has to tone down the sort of fiery rhetoric which is which is great you know you got to be inclusive and all that that's that but he had these great phrases that really did sound like he was sort of speaking in a movie there was this one moment when he talked about uh, reducing our dependence upon foreign oil and energy. And he said something like, and I say to you today, we're going to harness the sun, and which I guess is fine, and that's a thing you can do, but it sounds impossibly sci-fi. 
You know, like that's like saying, and we're all going to have flying cars and cities and the clouds that will we're hover above our cities. It, that's totally right. That's to it sounds like he's, you know, and we will have science and technology in the city of the future. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm all for harnessing the sun. It's just it either sounds like it comes out of a uh, like a 1950s William Castle film or it sounds impossibly uh, like Greek god, like you sort of picture a guy in a chariot, like with, a, you know, like lassoing a planet or something. So there's that. Also, you were talking about the gas prices. Have you noticed this? That yesterday was the day that everybody chose if they had any bad news they wanted to get out. You release it yesterday, nobody's going to talk about it because it's all inauguration all the time. It was completely the day for all of the bad news to be... I don't think I heard much other news yesterday at all. That's what I'm saying. And so uh, if you were going to be crazy. firing anybody yesterday, if uh, there well, was... Like Warner Brothers laying off 1,300 people or something worldwide. Did that happen yesterday? Yeah. Well, you know, I know uh, Clear Channel did uh, a whole bunch oh, of sacking yesterday. House too, yeah. yeah, like 7% of the workforce. Yeah. Uh, so that was yesterday. Uh, you may or may not have heard, our mayor in Portland, Oregon here uh, has a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a sex scandal that he is currently uh, embroiled within. Uh, and yesterday, well, seems you know, your mouth to God's ear. That's what I said too. But you know, but, that, but according to some jackass uh, internet poll on some website somewhere, like 98% of Portland is like, I can't. He's got to leave now. So you know but, what? You should have to take a test and be licensed to use the internet. You should have to have some sort of IQ that 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 can dictate a good use of that tool and not. Get the idiots off of it, for gosh sakes. And I'm not even really, and I think you and I are on the same page. I'm not even necessarily talking about the users, but as you pointed out, like it's one thing if you're like Perez Hilton and you're doing it, but I do believe this is actually a Portland news station that had on their website, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's another commercial entity. They can do what they want. But it was on KPTV.com, I think. They had this poll about, the, do you believe that Sam Adams should have to step down? And you click yes or no. And, and you know, it's just a bunch of jackass house frows. I mean, really, just just sitting there at home, uh, you know, just uh, I mean, wearing some sort of hideous merchandise from the Walt Disney Store, uh, and you know, with nothing, and waiting to play Bejeweled or whatever on Yahoo. And in the meantime, hey, I'll vote on this gay thing here. So anyway, unbelievable. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, my friend, are you on tomorrow? Yes, sir. I all am. All right. Sir. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And, Thank you very uh, much. I was going to finish with the Bill Pullman thing here, but it's just, it's pointless. So just do it in your head later. <laughs> I will. All right. Thank you, Jim Rope. <laughs> there you go. I was going to do a whole, like, we're going to live on, but... No, we will not finish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Excellent. That's fantastic. All right, by the way, for those who are wondering about this, I can't really speak to the Safeway house brand at this moment, but Sierra Mist was Slice. Same product. So, yeah, so Slice went away. Slice orange? Well, I mean, I it was, well, there was Slice lemon lime, Slice orange, there was Slice. No, see, Crush is still Crush. Uh, there was Slice, though, which just sort of vanished, but I guess it didn't vanish. I guess they, just, they re-imaged it, as they say. They rebranded that, Sarah. So Slice is now Sierra Safeway Mist. Safeway is Sam's Choice. No, 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 that's Walmart. Damn it. Were you really? Here's the thing. Here's, and I mean this sincerely. This is what I love about you. The look of absolute legitimate happiness and triumph on I your know, face just now. I know, something solves and I can stop thinking about it. I yeah, know I can see? just look it up. Now you're going to obsess about it. But see, looking it up is cheating. I'm that's, not looking it up. That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting here thinking But about I'm it. saying you and I are on the same page because occasionally we'll have these questions and somebody, you know, they'll send it in like, Christ's sake, look it up on the Internet. But that is, But that's admitting defeat. It's much, it's much better if we just wait for somebody to call up and give us the answer. All right. Hello, Darcy Zettler. 
Hello. I want to point out we've gotten to three news stories today so far, so my apologies. What about the big K? Well, I know that's Kmart, but isn't isn't there a soda brand called, like, Big K or Yeah, something? but that's the safe way, but that's the Kmart house brand, though. That's the whole name of the store, right? Big yeah. K? What is wrong with me? I haven't been to Kmart or Walmart in years, and I know all, like, their brands, and I go to Safeway every day. Yeah, I don't know. I, w- I, do, I will say this, that I was in high school when Kmart uh, rebranded themselves as Big K because they were trying to look, uh, they wanted to look cool for the, for the children. Which met with, I think, varying degrees of success. Here's uh, Darcy Zettler with the nose. All right. We've been talking about Sam Adams and the situation that he is in. And I thought to myself earlier today, why did he confess? Why now? Why not before the election? And Willamette Week has this covered. They've got an article on their front page today. And four days before the actual... Uh, excuse me, four days before he came out and admitted what was going on, he was sat down in his office with four Willamette Week reporters, including the one that broke the story, and they actually laid out 16 months of evidence to him saying, no, this is real. This is happening. Mr. Mayor, we've got 16 months of evidence about something completely pointless. And uh, we thought you should hear it from us first. That has nothing to do with the job that you're doing. We wanted you to be the first to know that we've been wasting our time and our company's resources pursuing a uh, a sexual encounter with a consenting adult just uh, we wanted years ago. We, we wanted you to have the uh, to have the heads up that we have uh, we have squandered our papers time and money and so i mean i'm just saying that would just be uh, one man's opinion one man's opinion well they had all this evidence they set it down in front of him and within 4 days what evidence he could you decided, possibly need well they don't go into that they don't go into the exact evidence that they have but i, I guess it was sort of a rhetor i'm sorry i don't mean this you here's the thing you need to know about me sometimes i shout near people i'm not shouting at you you have to oh, understand no. that it's kind of like a Tourette's thing minus the swearing but i mean what would the evidence look i could have put this together a team of monkeys could have put this together uh, look, so you're a really hot, powerful gay man, and here was this uh, hot gay guy you worked with. Have you seen the a picture of, um, of the boy? Yeah. Jesus. He's a good looking, good looking, he is a good-looking boy. I'm, I know. I'd That's have sex with either of them. I'm telling you right now. So you just know, we, because. We thought we saw him yesterday in a restaurant last really? night. In a restaurant. We got really excited. We had to look him up on our BlackBerry really quick. It wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, well, see, we, you know... I, when Sarah found his uh, MySpace page, his MySpace page, did you, did you capture, did you screen capture uh-huh. it? Yeah, I have it saved. Because I don't know if he was going to take it down or not. But um, anyway, so by the way, this, but this scandal becomes big enough, then Peter Krause from yeah, Sportsnight and Six Feet Under. Hello. Oh, yeah. Peter Krause will then have the chance to play Sam Adams in the inevitable made-for-TV movie because oh. that really is like the celebrity that, that Sam Adams most closely resembles there. <laughs> you get Peter Krause, a little scruff, a little uh, square glasses, Bam. Sam Adams. Sam so, Adams. So, okay, I'm sorry. So I interrupted. So they sat him down, and they said, look, here's the deal. They had a 40-minute interview in a conference room. Sam continued to de- deny any sexual relations with Breedlove. He changed his mind sometime during the next four days in which he then admitted to everything that was going on. So we don't know exactly what was there, but it was enough that it was going to come out. And, I'm, you know, I was wondering how this whole thing happened, because it did seem strange that it's yesterday mm-hmm. being hidden under the inauguration but then also why not before what did they find in the last month that they didn't find before or since yeah, they, like, he was going officially to elected email yeah or like and so and so, photographs well and here's and so my question is so was it now was sam adams at the inauguration because he had to do he did a speech uh storm uh sent me a text later she's like hey i was at the speech and I, she didn't say it how it went but sam adams gave the speech at city hall yesterday 1 30 
But I had heard he was supposed to be at the inauguration, and Darcy, you had heard, or you thought that he might have flown back. Yes. My understanding is that he called KGW and was on the phone with them. I believe that was Monday night. Mm -hmm. And he talked to them, did an interview, and then I think he came back. But I can look that up. I'll I'll get back to you. And so he called and he's like, look, uh, Wow, crap. I guess I'm going to be flying back to Borland, just uh, FYI. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, didn't uh, you say you also uncovered um, some news about whether or not he can be impeached? Yes. This morning I actually heard and have also found that people want, want him to impe- be impeached, but there's actually an Oregon law slash bill that he must be in office for six months before he can be impeached. So... That's not really an option. So, I mean, at this How point... How long has he been in office now? Well, the election was, you know, yes. whatever. You know, but I think ago. it's when he's officially the... When he was officially became so not, the mayor, and that was just two or three weeks ago, but it's right? not. So it's not from the certification of the election. It's from, like, the day he yes. actually begins taking office. So basically, that's why they're pushing for him to resign and not right. impeach. Right. And who okay. was the... There was the, the guy at the... Uh, and it wasn't the, it wasn't the police commissioner. I think we got that right. It was, it was some guy. Some guy from the police department. Uh, who was at this meeting yesterday at 1.30. He was like, you ought to resign. You know, uh, and I, I, just, I would have given anything to have been there. Just to have, just to have been there. I wonder if Storm spoke up. I can't see her beyond sitting there and listening to some... I'm just trying to imagine, yell. like, how small your life is. That you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to City Hall so I can tell the mayor I don't approve of him having hot gay sex. How many people were there? I didn't read about I, that. I have no idea. I don't know. Basically, again, because I've it was... I've got a lot of work to do. Because the... Uh, <laughs> It was clearly the, uh, because it was, again, the inauguration thing that was sort of covering everything. It's like it was such a happy day. Like, why do people have to concentrate on, like, being so negative toward another person on a day that's so big for our country? That's right, Sarah. Well, it's exactly what you said, too. It's, it'll be covered up if something big is going on. I just, probably very intentional. And so it, it, I will say this again. I think I said this at the beginning of the program. Uh, so I will say this again preemptively because every time in the last couple of days, and we really at some point, I mean, I hate that, I hate that I, I'm even saying this. So we got Jonathan Colton at 2, and I don't think we have anything else that's sort of firmly scheduled for the rest of the day. I think it's the only sort of hard uh, thing we have to get to. I, it, I mean, we got like 90 minutes left in the show, and it is what Portland is talking about. So, I, I mean, at some point... And it's on CNN, too. I know. I've just been resisting. I mean, at one point, at some point today, we will have to just sort of throw up on the phone lines and see what people say about it. I, I will say again preemptively, because I got a whole bunch of emails about this, like in the 11 o'clock hour... The people were saying that he uh, that he lied about it, but to the best of my knowledge, like he didn't lie about it under oath, and it wasn't perjury. He wasn't he didn't lie about it in the court document. I mean, he, you know, he told a social lie in a social setting, or at least in a non-work setting, which is what differentiates it from Bill Clinton. Because at least with Bill Clinton, you know, whether you think it was a waste of tax dollars or not, it was. Uh, you, I mean, you can make at least the case that Bill Clinton lied under oath. Under I mean, oath, you can. Right. I mean, you can't get away from that. I mean, you know, whatever you think about it, uh, you know, you can. I mean, you can you can at least say, well, look, Bill Clinton committed perjury, you know, or it seemed to commit perjury anyway, and I think he was never actually even convicted of that. But, you know, but, the, you know, but Bill Clinton lied under oath. Which, then not even that here. I mean, it was just like, hey, did you have sex with the guy? Uh, no, you know, which is really just a flip side of like, hey, that girl last night, I totally scored. And you didn't score at all. Mm-hmm. So it's every really, I think, as Eddie Izzard once said, you know, there's like degrees of murder, you know, first degree, second degree, and then there really ought to be degrees of perjury. There you go. You know, and like, you know, the perjury one is, uh, uh, you know, perjury one is uh, I'm sending people to war for weapons of mass destruction. And then like perjury 12 would be, ah, I totally bagged that girl. And then like you were really just at home playing Left for Dead. I mean, that's the thing. So what was my other point? So, yeah, didn't I didn't lie uh, certainly under oath or anything. And then my other deal is like I just, uh, you know, 
it's like with the Larry Craig thing. Larry Craig was the guy, the Idaho guy in the bathroom. That, I am not gay. And might not be gay. Seems like he's probably gay. But certainly is a member, a registered member of a political party uh, that endeavors to pass laws about the sex lives of other Americans, which, to the best of my knowledge, Sam Adams does not do. Right. And I also believe that Sam Adams is not a member of any group, organization, or party that tries to pass laws telling people uh, who they can hump in the privacy of their own hump space. So, you know... And at anyway. this point, they don't have any rules or laws that he's actually broken. He yeah. isn't even broken the code of conduct because it didn't even apply to him. And by the way, I know that I'm like the last guy on earth who ought to be talking about journalistic uh, standards because I'm a jackass who talks about Britney Spears uh, all the time. But I, I really have to say that I, I'm not going to say I resent it. It wasn't about me. But that I really have to say that that, that, that phrase, uh, Adams admits, what is, I got yesterday's paper right here. Adams lied about sex with teen which is a completely loaded headline, um, Anna Griffin at the Oregonian. So, I mean, I suppose it's technically accurate, but let's let's be honest. Let's, I heard let's, someone call it kid. You know, he we, slept with kid. That was worse. Let's not be let's not be coy about this. We're all adults, and we all know what the implication is uh, when you say Adams lied about sex with teen, as opposed to saying something that oh I don't know would be equally accurate. Adams lied about sex with adult, seeing as how he was over the age of majority. For the love of Christ. I haven't seen... What, has anybody seen the front of today's Oregonian? I mean, I'm assuming it's the cover of today's paper, right? No, I haven't. I think there might be one in the kitchen, but I haven't seen I it. Mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming it is. I would just be curious, because Laura and I were talking about it last night, and I said that, if anything, it was going to be even bigger today, because it's going to be that whole, like, well, the inauguration's over. Uh, we need something to talk about, because we're easily distracted by bright, shiny objects. <gasps> Ooh, gay sex. And, like, that was going to be the thing they go to today, so... Jesus. All right. Uh, well, let us plunge on ahead. Do we have we have more Sam Adams. We're we moving on to something else. Wait, we're going to move on. I, Let's I think move we've on. covered that one. How All about right. a joy of Christmas? That it is the can we do that? January twenty first installment of the. We can you do whatever what? we want. I found these a long time ago, and they're good. You know, and Darcy Zettler. We make our own law. We need here. some smiles. We can do whatever we like. Here's your joy of Christmas. <laughs> All right. This is in Portsmouth. A South Street couple was arraigned Monday on his and hers assault charges, alleging that counter-assaults during a Christmas Day fight over an unwanted gift. Young is charged, Young being the man, is charged with a Class A misdemeanor court of simple assault, alleging, excuse me, she is young. She hit her boyfriend, Heath Bloom, 26, of the same address. Police allege that the Christmas fisticuffs began after... Biome complained of getting a Wii for Young for Christmas instead of a remote control airplane that he wanted. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I really only I mean, clearly it. you're not kidding me, but I no, mean, no. first of all, on the one hand, I love the phrase, uh, his and hers, well, as fisticuffs and also his and hers assault charges, which I'm assuming like are monogrammed. Airplane, like, who wishes for that in 2008? That was actually going to be my next point. Is, 26 What kind of <laughs> nitwit? How old is he? 26-year-old. It's a little sad. Is, okay. he, is he one of... Is he one of God's special children? Well, no, he's got a girlfriend. Well, I guess maybe... They, maybe so maybe. did Corky. That is true. Uh, but, I mean, if you were one of God's most precious children, wouldn't you figure that... I mean, look, they want Wii's, too, I would imagine. It's not like... It's not I like, think a Wii would be a lot more entertaining than a... It's not like having a... Yeah, I mean, if you have some sort of mental handicap, 
Which I like how we've just gone to the conclusion I, that he exactly. is somehow. Aside that any of them were mentally handicapped, I think a Wee's a way better president. I'm than just a saying, and it lets you. That's what I'm saying. And it lets you flail around spastically. So I mean, it's a win. It is, you know, it's really is a win-win. Really, in 2009, who wants a model, uh, you know, or a remote-controlled airplane? And don't. And let me ask you this: Don't you agree with me that remote-controlled airplanes in 2009, for anybody over the age of five, a remote-controlled airplane is like a model train set in that. There is no longer the casual enjoyer of that toy. Anybody you know who is like, you know, older than kindergarten age in 2009, who wants either a remote controlled plane or a train set, that's somebody whose entire life revolves around being in the garage with like an engineering cap, uh, you know, and saying things like, woo, to themselves as they sort of, you know, switch the track back and forth. And we all know that's true. And I suspect that the remote controlled airplane guy, that is just that, like, it's a different species. Um, but it's the same genus as as the guy who wants like the train set for his garage. And the remote control airplane he would want was probably a lot more expensive than the Wii when you put it that way. Seriously, I mean, there's a line of guys out there right now who are you know getting ready to want to date the girl who was uh, buying him a Wii for Christmas because I mean, come on, Jesus. I right. just say dump him. All right. <laughs> All right, moving on to an Oregon joy of Christmas story. Fantastic. On Christmas Day in Salem, a Good Samaritan offered a ride to a teenager who was walking alone in the rain. The well-intended gesture ch- turned out to be a mistake. Upon their arrival at an apartment complex, complex located at Hyacinth Avenue Northeast and Portland Road Northeast, police say the girl produced a gun, robbed the driver of his wallet, and then forced him in to continue driving. The victim managed to escape the vehicle in the 3700 block of Portland Road Northeast. Moments later, the Salem police officer initiated a traffic stop, which resulted in her arrest. This is, wait, so this is yet another, like, don't ever stop to help anybody story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The moral is, if you stop to help people, uh, you're going to end up uh, sort of bleeding in a ditch somewhere. I mean, that's the way these stories always end. All right, well, good, but good intention. I'm glad that we finally got to these, though. Well and, done, sir. And that is the joy of Christmas watch. Look, I think we're done for the year. Look at you closing it out. Well done. Right, are we taking a break here, sir? No, take a break. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get your phone calls around the corner. So uh, phone calls and then Jonathan Colton joining us later on, as well as uh, Don Taylor, who I think uh, may just sit in a chair silently uh, giggling to herself like a gushing schoolgirl about Jonathan Colton. I don't really know, though. Uh, we come back. More of Darcy Zeller. Your phone calls. Jonathan Colton. Like us at 3. Michael O'Mara show at 7. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson program. Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting. With boring manager, Rob. Rob say code monkey, very diligent, but his output stinks. His code not functional or elegant. What do code monkey think? Code monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code monkey not saying out loud. Code monkey not crazy, just proud. Code monkey likes Cheetos. Code monkey likes Dallas Mountain Dew. Soda, bring you cup, bring you ice. 
Could Monkey have long walk back to cubicle? He sits down, pretends to work. Could Monkey not thinking so straight? Could Monkey not feeling so great? Could Monkey like Fritos? Could Monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew? Could Monkey very simple man? Big warm fuzzy secret heart. Monkey thinks someday he has everything, even pretty girl like you. Code Monkey just waiting for now. Code Monkey said someday, somehow. Code Monkey likes Fritos. Code Monkey likes Dallas Mountain Dew. Code Monkey very simple man. Big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code Monkey likes you. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's uh, Jonathan Colton and Code Monkey, which is a great song. And, uh, we, and, I, and, and I'm almost positive, I actually don't know this, but I'm almost positive that the song then predates the show on G4 Code Monkeys, which is great and horrible and offensive and wonderful. So there you go. Jonathan Colton, uh, we'll talk to him about 15 minutes from now. He's going to be the Aladdin this coming uh, Saturday. You really ought to go see him. It's 503-733-2970. We're here with uh, Darcy Zettler, late of uh, PDX49, uh, coming soon to a firing near you, by the way. We got a great email about that. This uh, is about uh, your, uh, we were talking about how, because you, you have this whole great, you have it all down as far as firing people. You've got it down to a science, to an art. Right. And I was saying that you ought to be a, the companies ought to hire you to come in and be a stunt firer. Oh, and, yeah. And they'll just say that you're some regional person. You'll come in, and that way it takes the stress off everybody. This email says, is it a coincidence that you've never met Darcy Zettler before, and then she comes up with the idea of having a stunt firer on your show? Does she know something you don't? Check her business card. Godspeed, Rick Emerson. Here's hoping we have a full show today. All right, there you go. Dang, I'm caught. All right, so here's what we got. We got Jonathan Colton coming up at 2. Uh, we got uh, the Cheetos, because we now have... I have the Cheetos. Well, why don't you take these, these calls I've been waiting for a long time. I, don't have, I have no idea what people are calling about. We'll find out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello, Rick. Hello. Some things never change. Have you seen in the video let me, of the inauguration? Let's, While they're still sitting down, Michelle is shooing the children into their sheets, seats, and she's still standing there in the aisle. And from across the aisle is Bill Clinton. And for about three or four frames, he gives her the biggest, juiciest stare ever. Gotta love it. All right, okay. I didn't know where this call was going right away, and then I. But now you've, you've but you've made it work. So is that true? Is it that like Clinton did give her the long, the long hard look? You gotta look. You gotta find it. It's about three or four frames well, long. Once you see it, you know what he's looking at. Well, I mean, look, she's. Uh, she might, in fact, be, as I was saying earlier, the hottest first lady ever. I mean, I can't Absolutely. think of it. Can anybody right now think of a first lady uh, hotter than uh, Michelle Obama? Anybody? No, I mean, there's always, like, the Jackie O. But, See, but, she's, but she kind of is, like, cow-eyed a little. I, I don't and get the thing about her. Hot. That's, yeah. See, that's the thing. Michelle and, Obama is, like, 
spirit. She's, she's like, uh, did, well, you had such look like Sigourney Weaver because that's like all fiery woman. She, uh, no, it's the chin and the neck. Yeah. I can see that. I can see the Sigourney Weaver, especially Sigourney Weaver in uh, Alien Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could also see this. I could also see she has that same. It's you know I was just watching the other day with Terminator. Speaking of Cameron, uh, Terminator Two, which is a fantastic film, holds up even now. I mean, seven, eighteen years after the fact, Terminator Two still holds up. It's almost an almost flawless film. And then Linda Hamilton, who is just like scorchingly hot, and that sequence when she's getting ready to break out of the nuthouse and she's bludgeoned that creepy security guard guy, and there was like the hottest scene. And it's like even if you didn't already know that she was effing James Cameron, you would have known by watching this movie. There's that sequence where she is in, and it's not anything revealing. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a wife beater basically, and like these long hospital, you know, like scrub pants. And she is running down the hallway in her stocking feet holding a nightstick. And it's like the hottest thing I've ever seen. So, but, but Michelle Obama does have that same very, like, you get the feeling she could knock your teeth out. And I like it. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, okay. I, that would turn creepy at the end. Yeah, well, I think it started creepy and ended creepy. Thanks so much. But it was only, it was saved by Bill Clinton in the middle. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. That guy reminds me of the, uh, what is it, Wild Bill over from Silence of the Lambs. Wait a minute. That's more of a uh, the silence of the James Gum you're talking about. No, what's the uh, what's the creepy serial killer guy? Yeah, that's the uh, yeah the, the uh, James 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 Gum or Jamie Gum. That's yeah. the guy. The thing with him. Here's the thing about that guy's voice in Silence of the Lambs. Um, see if I can do it here. If I can explain how it works. The thing about the Silence of the Lambs guy. Well, it's but he's not though. It's it's got he's got that voice like he might be one of God's special children, but I don't think he is. <laughs> the deal with that voice is. You ju- this sounds, if you, you know, if you know anything about voices, this is how you do that. You just sort of like close, like you're, you kind of like close the back of your throat, uh, and then you just project all the sound through your nose without actually breathing. So it's just the vibration of the sound without breathing. And so then that's how you do the voice. And that way your voice becomes like, oh, wait a minute, which is how you do that guy's voice. It's uh it's not you, you. The key is to not breathe at all. You know, you're going to make like this. That's how you do it. Anyway, hey, this is Lauren. Um, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, like a casual disregarding of this great vocal lesson I just gave everybody. Just tossed you aside like a gum wrapper. You have four hours to talk. I've got like 30 seconds. Well, touche. Game set and match, sir. So, no, I just, uh, I was watching the news last night about that whole stupid Sam Adams thing, yeah. and I'm not trying to bring it, but actually, uh, I, I, it may have even been the CBS affiliate that um, they showed a picture of Sam Adams and, and I don't know if it was his boy toy at the party at some party. Photographer Byron Beck. Oh no no no! I saw that. Um, uh, God, where was it? Was online yesterday, uh, and I forget where. But uh, Susan Reynolds and I were talking about this. We were looking up some some story online, and yeah, the photo credit was in fact you know, photo by Byron Beck, which is you know sort of great. I mean, that's sort of a when worlds collide kind of a thing. Well, yeah. It's kind of weird because I'm like, well, what, you know, was is Byron trying to take down the man? Uh, no, I, I think that it was probably. I mean, it seems like you know. Here's the thing: is Byron is just sort of a uh, he's a gadfly. He's a gossip gadfly around town. Well, it's probably in the archives, and since he doesn't have right. possession over anything that he left at the Willamette Week, they can use. It must have been from. It must have been That's a Willamette his, yeah, photo. His articles don't belong to him, and all the photos he took don't belong mm-hmm. to him. It must have been a Willamette photo, exactly, because now that he's no longer at Willamette Week, uh, he, that intellectual property is probably all still theirs. Or it is still theirs. So that must sure. be why, because he was taking a photo when he was working there, and they retain possession of the photo. So it's not gay against gay hate crime. It's not a gay on gay crime, sir. Okay. I just want to make sure. Thank you. And thanks for not saying pink on pink crime.
Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, good afternoon. Hey. Did, you, did you hear what Lars said this morning? Oh, God. I don't know. Did it did it sound like it was being said through a mouthful of Cheetos? <laughs> not quite. All right. I was listening to the traffic this morning going to work. It's not like I just heard it. I like yeah. you're trying to justify it. <laughs> it's like a whole lot of, now look, baby, I was drunk, and you, I would never do that sober, you know. All right. You're what was? Right. Yes. I needed the traffic. Uh-huh. So, but anyway, he does his little comment. I don't know. It's good been done yesterday, but I know obviously he wants Sam Adams to resign and be impeached or whatever, recalled. But he did make the comment that Portland shouldn't be the only place where uh, an 18-year-old can get a Sam Adams. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's pretty genius. That is pretty genius. All right, I can't I take anything away from that. You got to take your hat off when it's deserved. That yeah. That's, no, that's, that's why I called you. That's pretty funny. I wonder right. who came up with that. All right, thank you, sir. Oh, there you go. Look, no disrespect to Lars. There's no way he came up with that himself. That's way too clever. There's way that's, that that wit is uh, his is a butter sharp wit, uh, Lars. So uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hello. Um, I think you're kind of missing the point about this. I happen to think Sam Adams is an okay guy, but there's a legal theory that I think can't be avoided. It's why the cops are so adamant about it. Mm. Because you lie in one context, there is reasonable cause to suspect he is lying about the actual matters of fact of age. Well, why, though? I mean, why is there reason? Because only a fool believes testimony unless you have some way to... It's not testimony, for one thing. Okay, you're, you're trying to assume that his quote, misstatement during a campaign isn't a lie. Well, it wasn't a misstatement. It was a lie. I'm saying, but it wasn't... Okay, well, just, just to clarify. Okay. Is, I, I just, just one moment. Mm-hmm. I just want for us to, to be dealing in the area of fact here. It, it wasn't a misstatement. It was, in fact, a lie. But I also want to be very clear. Like, when you say testimony, that sort of makes it seem like, you know, testimony, which it wasn't uh, because it wasn't under oath, wasn't perjury, it wasn't part of... You know, I mean, it was just... It was not a, not a, not a deposition. It wasn't like Bill Clinton, in other words. Yes, okay. True. So the, it was a the, social. Uh, it was a social lie. It was a social lie, yes. but that is often done to avoid yes. disclosing a criminal act. Yes, People it's a. It's a. It's called a lie. It's, lies no, are done no. to avoid disclosing things. That's you're, why they're called lies. You're missing the point that he can say he was of age when he consented. That he lied about that mm-hmm. is one thing. The underlying question, from a statutory point, is. Was he in fact engaged when he was still alive? Oh, well, look, Why doesn't anyone ask I, the guy? The I kid? mean, yeah, I mean, like, and I, and I will ask. I mean, just and, further, and that will become an well, issue for the police investigator, and, and has to be followed based on the behavior of also what is classically referred to as an abuse of power. And I will say, by the way, for the record, although it should go without saying, and there is, uh, it, it, to my knowledge anyway, no evidence to indicate that this is the fact. I will say, for the record. That obviously, if it turned out that you know one of the parties was under one of the parties, if it turned out that the party uh, was underage, wasn't an adult, then that becomes a whole different kettle of fish. I mean, that let, let's right. so let's let's have their like in some parallel universe where that turns out to be the case. Let's let's now be on the record here on the Rick Emerson program as saying that is an entirely different matter. But that's not the matter we're dealing in right now. And I will say this: regardless of whatever turns out to be or not be the case. I think it's a little bit dangerous to say, well, he lied about this one thing, therefore there is reason to doubt everything he says. Which is not true. You you probably tell 15 lies a week, friend. Yes, but well, we all do. That's the point. Doesn't mean you're an, but it it does not mean you are an inveterate deceiver. No, but it also, 
with regard to sexual behavior mm -hmm. is a classic marker for dealing with veracity of people's testimony or statements is if they've lied you know, before. That's the classic, you know, talk to attorneys, talk to investigators, you'll find out that's the chink in the armor. I will, I will, so. I will just say this. Look, can we be honest here, sir? We're both men. Uh, we're both men here. Every single guy you know has and continues to lie about sex constantly, all Absolutely. the time. So, you know what, it doesn't mean you've got a bunch of Cub Scouts in, a, in like, your basement. Yes, but there's also a different of an affirmation of having when you haven't, or not, if you have, the question becomes one here of the statutory well, requirement. Okay, and I, then, and I will, then, then I will grant you that as the investigation, uh, you know, if an investigation goes forward, finds that there is, in fact, uh, some sort of actual, as opposed to imagined, uh, illegality. That's a whole separate thing. I think, comma, but in the absence of an actual proven illegal act, I only care if he's doing his job, period. Absolutely. All right. On that, we can agree, sir. Absolutely. All right. Let's I got to I got to run. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Trying to be as fair as possible here. All right. Uh, all right. We got the people on hold. We get the more calls around the corner. Jonathan Colton, though, when we come back, you can find out more. JonathanColton.com. He's going to be the Aladdin this coming Saturday. Uh, so that is on the way. Oh, and we got... Uh, so we're doing the uh, Great Cheetos test. Uh, more with uh, Darcy Zedler at the news desk today. Your phone calls, etc. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into amusement. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, so we are, as we speak, waiting on a phone call from one uh, Jay Colton. Uh, we'll be uh, getting all of us. So, and I gave Richie his uh, the content in for his people as well. Well, you uh, should maybe give it to Dawn, too. I bet she'd like to have it. Yeah, I'll call them up. Go, you don't know me, but, you know, I like you. Don Tickler from Film.com. How are you there? I, I, I know that eventually the excitement of having my own theme music will wear off. But no, no, no. It never does. It's just, it never does. you got to see Scott Daly. He gets all giddy and flushed. It's like a goal. It's like I, I can cross that off the list of things, things to, to do to have in my life. You know what they ought to have? And they probably do, actually. Like, think Geek or somebody probably sells one of these. Uh, you know, like back in the 80s, everybody was like, you had the keychains that made the wacky noises. And you mm. press the button, it'd be like machine gun sound or like, you know, flatulence. It seems like if they don't already, they ought to create a a keychain, but like it is customizable, so you could carry around your own theme music with you. Yeah. You know, so you could just when you walk into a room, you could just sort of press the button and ba 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 ba, and then you and then you enter. Of course, we do that with our phones, yes. actually, because yeah. I, I know that I've got the I, I finally like leapt into the same decade as everyone else and got one of them fancy phones like all the kids have that plays real there. music. <laughs> And uh, so, like, my husband's music is uh, one of the James Bond themes. James I like Bond. your ringback tone. So, oh, that you have. Is that, is that your pick or your husband's? No, that's my, that's my pick. What, what, is, who what is that? What is your... That's uh, Flowbots. Okay. Uh, handlebars. Have you noticed that the existence of ringback tones makes a lot of people disproportionately angry? My friend Lisa just calls her and she has the Muppet Show theme. But I know a lot of people who will, like, if they call someone and instead of a ring, there is, in fact, a ringback tone, they will just angrily hang up and they won't even leave a message. Delaney said the Pink Panther. Uh -huh. I would not be able to stand it. 
it's just so grating and annoying. I had one. There, w- there was one that was an option that was, uh, it sounded like the old British telephones. Mm-hmm. And so it actually was ringing. So the quick, the quick two ring or what it was, was that? It was kind of a ring, ring. It, it's kind of metal. I think it's the sound that you get More when you call, sounding. when you actually call someone. It's yeah. the ring back tone when you call someone on right. a British phone. And that annoyed people because it confused them. Because they couldn't tell if that meant it was busy or if it was still ringing or why does it sound like that? And so, right. So it's like, okay, well, I'll just play music for you. There's a final note, and it, I, I'm, I, I, won't get, I won't keep talking about this every time it happens, because otherwise I'm going to... Because here's the thing is I will inevitably then give it to the temptation to play it on the air, and that's I don't wish to embarrass the person. But there is somebody that we work with, uh, and is nobody. it actually is nobody who's, who's on the air here. It's nobody that... Uh, nobody whose name you would probably recognize in relation to this station. And it's not Brent uh, KUFO either, because he apparently thought it was him, and he got all... Uh, whatever, he was... I'd hurt his feelings... There's somebody with whom we work who has not a ring back tone, but I, I swear to Christ, like a 60-second greeting. And e- every time I call, it's singing a different TV theme song. It, like, oh, no, I think you talked about this on the air. But, but, it's, but see, since then, like I thought maybe it was an aberration, like, hey, for the holidays, or like, here, I was feeling kooky. I was high one night, and then I decided to... But no, it, it, it has since been updated with yet another, like, 60... I mean, and I know it's only 60 seconds, but it just seems like a tedious eternity. I mean, it just seems like... It seems like it just this sort of, like, time-space continuum warping thing that goes on forever. But it's a brand-new TV theme song. So I guess that is... That's sort of the oeuvre in which they operate. That is their... That is their leitmotif. The, uh... uh the, oh, are you... I'm just gonna... We'll take this call here. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing today? What's up? Got a couple of things. Uh, oh, I can already one. tell from the tone of this call that it's going to go well. Let me sit down. <laughs> the first reports that came out on the Sam Adams thing yesterday on mm-hmm. your fine radio station yes, said that the kid was 17. When that's, had, that, I don't believe that's true. What was on your station? Uh, but, wait, who said that? Uh, it was in the morning show uh, since I listened to 9. It would have been like, a, like, Dennis, like Dennis Miller was saying it? Dennis Noel, it was the news while Dennis well, they, Noel. Well, let's be well, let's be well, let's be fair though. They were they were seventeen when they knew each other. Is I think what we're talking and about. Yeah, eighteen when well, they no, knew each other. It, it, it reported that he was seventeen when the affair started. Mm, and then I covered it up until the kid was eighteen. I anyway. I would I would be I would be very surprised if anybody flat out said that because there's no news source that only, said that. It was only said once, and then it was never said again. Well, so I imagine that the powers that be got all of him. And change the story. Well, in any event. So there is, yeah, there is no evidence that that's the case. So anyway, okay, my question is yesterday was the glorious day where the whole world changed because Obama was elected, was Hold on a second. president. I'm just checking. Is this sarcasm? No, well, kind of. Kind I'm of. just checking. I want to make okay. sure that I know. Because I think you may not be entirely sincere when you say that. Well, and everything is supposed to be rosy and happy now, but you still allow your yes. politicians yes, to lie their memo. up to you. I'm, that I still what? You still allow your politicians to lie themselves into office. How come you accept that? Well, it's not a question of allowing them to do it, sir. They have what the Mormons call free agency. I can't stop yeah, that. But, yeah, but you're accepting it as a you know par for the course type event. Where I, I am I accepting would be really the... outraged if I was lied to and he got elected on a lie. Here's the thing. I got like actual stuff that affects me every day to be outraged about. Like I got the fact that they... I got the fact that they put those like those red hoods on the parking meters downtown when no one is using the space, and then I have to circle like a hundred times so I can go in and like uh, buy something for my MacBook. That that affects me every day. Yeah, Sam Adams well, lying about uh, gay sex affects me. Let's see, not at all. It just just 
just doesn't seem to 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 match up to to your statements that you allow what, it to lie what, to you and your oh, yes, now if, okay, no 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 yes. hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on and I'm not trying to be rude I really honestly want to understand what we're saying here it doesn't match up to what statement specifically well your your past uh, past comments about the uh, Republicans lying to us. And that seemed to be a problem, but now your guy lies to you, and you don't seem to ah, have a problem. Well, first of all, he's not my guy because I'm not a registered Democrat well, uh, any more than I'm a Republican. You voted for Sam Adams. If you voted, you would have voted for Sam Adams. I will, I will also say this, by the way. Uh, I will also say this. It, since you asked, uh, the difference is that let's take the case of one Larry Craig. Uh, I am not gay. Uh, that guy, the, the bathroom stall guy. The difference is is that unlike Sam Adams, Larry Craig is a member of a political party that does, in fact, support laws that regulate uh, the, uh, the sex lives and the marriage rights of other Americans. Sam Adams doesn't. That's the difference. So, you, so that's the thing. And by the way, Larry Craig uh, also is another one of those guys in Idaho. He's one of those guys who ran on the Family Values platform. So that's you're either... That's a horrible argument. That's a horrible argument. No, no, it's, well, it's a horrible argument to you, so fortunately you're not making it. From my perspective... If you're going to be in office and be trying to, uh, you know, support legislation that affects gay people uh, and support legislation that has to do with the sexual behavior of other adults, then you yourself you probably ought not to be doing that. Sam Adams isn't doing any such thing. That's the difference, well, sir, and that's just a fact. Okay, okay, but Sam Adams lied because he knew he wouldn't be elected if he told the truth. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry just give me, give me, hold, wait, hold on, give me one moment. Sarah's just handing me a note about something. I'm sorry? Jonathan Colton thought it was at 2 p.m. Eastern. Curse my metal body! So he wants to know if you could do it tomorrow. Yeah, we can absolutely do it tomorrow. So you have to come back. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry about that, sir. I was just, we were looking for Jonathan but, Colton. It turns out it was a time, uh, but time for Are you guys Sam, sick of me yet? If Sam Adams mm -hmm. wouldn't have thought that wouldn't have hurt his, his political chances, yes. he wouldn't have lied. Well... So what? True or not true? Yes, true. So what? Okay, so... I mean, so true but not be... caring, I guess, is my thing. I don't care. Here's the thing. I can't believe you would allow the head of our city government, the chief law enforcement officer of the city, to lie and not care about it. Let me ask you this. Let me just... and Because you don't seem to be hearing what I'm saying. Let me ask you this. No, no, no. Just, just let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, Sam Adams uh, goes over to somebody's house... And they serve him dinner, and later somebody says, hey, uh, what did you think of that dinner made by such-and-such such Portland, you know, luminary? And he says, oh, that, it was fantastic, it was really wonderful, when really it was crap. Do you That's care? Nothing to I'm do asking, with. but I'm saying, here's, but see how neither of them have to do with his job? If, if he was standing up in front of the press, and he was directly asked, and it could affect his campaign, and he lied about the dinner... That'd be the same thing. Why not tell the truth? If it's not that bad, if it's all right, why not tell the truth? Here's the thing. From my perspective, from my perspective, I only care about things that have to do with what he's doing when he's at work. Period. It's a. Here's the. And I think the difference is just again, just my opinion. You're asking why I care if politicians like. Not a matter of caring. It's that like John Bender says in the Breakfast Club. The world's an imperfect place. Screws fall out. And you know what? Uh, it, the world is fundamentally effed, and humans are fundamentally a corrupt and baseless and you know amoral group of, of uh, primates. I mean, that's just a fact. So there's no getting around that. Uh, so, from, so if you operate from the assumption that humans are basically screwed as a species, then really all I'm asking is that you do your job. And what people don't, from my perspective, see is that being a mayor 
is a job like anything else. It's like uh, it's like being a pipe fitter or being a bricklayer or being a guy who goes and says, I'm saying from my perspective, which I am not asking you to share, sir, but you did ask me. <laughs> so from my perspective, being a mayor is a job like anything else. Not an important job, but it's a job. So if it's about something having to do with the job, I care. If it's not, don't. Don't care at all. Couldn't care less. But a, a, a plumber and electrician are not voted on by the people and not given the responsibility over people's lives and uh, welfare. And, uh, and if it wasn't yes. that big of a deal, he wouldn't have lied So you're saying, it. well, I guess, I guess it would only be a big deal if you're going to vote or not vote based on sex between consenting adults. And if you do, you know what? You've got a brain I can't fix. No, you're voting on whether your mayor can tell the truth. No, no, no. But that's... Just to, 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 wrap it, all, to wrap this up, because we do have other calls we got to get to. To wrap this up, sir, I guess what I'm saying is you're saying, you know, the lie and why lie about it. And I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, because it only really matters if it's the sort of thing that, you know, you're going to vote or not vote on. So you're just in favor of the status quo, then? We, we yes, don't that's ex- all... yes, that's exactly it. No, that's not it. You are willing no, to accept. No, 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 I hate that we wasted so much time seriously. on that call, and he still like didn't have anything. No, I'm just such a trying to be. But I, and I'm not fishing for compliments here. But I'm trying to be polite to have give and take here. So I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I, in fact, over answered that, and yet it was just he was just not not kind of hearing me. So it's it's not Maybe a question. We shouldn't of, take any more calls. No, 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 that like just made me twitch. You know, here's the thing. It is, but here's I know that it makes you tense, but it is. No, it, I know it's tense, it but I just don't Portland even know if story, it's... Sir. I know that it's important, but I mean, sometimes I, don't, I question whether or not it's good radio, because, like, hearing some jackass, not, I'm not saying that guy, but I'm just saying... That's you general. saying that, Sarah. I in respect general, all the listeners. Some jackass we've never spoken to in our lives before. Well, look, from what? that... Can I say something? As a guest of the show here, this is the thing that's driving me crazy. Where is the perspective? People having perspective. You know, it's like, was it... Was it maybe inappropriate for not a certainly. 42-year-old man to sleep with an 18-year-old aide of some other Certainly sleeping. Probably not. <laughs> but was it illegal? No. Was it unethical? Not really. It's not like he lied about taking money and he's going to, like, put through that's, a light rail somewhere. It's it's like, so what? That's kind of my thing. Is that, like, the, the idea that if you if you are asked, and, and I will also say this, so this is an, uh, an email I got earlier. A guy said that, if you are asked something that has nothing to do with your job and is no one else's business, it's really your right to lie. Which, you know, that's I've heard many people make variations on that statement. So, you know, if you ask dumb questions, you get dumb answers. And I think if you have never been in the position to 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 fudge on something that you thought might make, you know, make you look bad if you shared it, and then okay, then maybe yeah. you have the right to be outraged. Yeah. But but come on, which of us haven't gone no, I never stole candy from the Seven Eleven when I was twelve or whatever. It's so I, you know, that's and that's that's kind of my thing is that, and I do feel this is just again just my perspective here. I do feel like that sort of talking point of the, well, Rick, it's not because he's having hot gay sex. It's because he lied about it. I, I feel like whether or not the person might actually believe that if they were to think about it, I think the thing that sort of grates on me is. 
whether or not again if they, they were to sort of sit about you know sit in a room with their with their thoughts for like a day and ponder it they might come to that same conclusion anyway but it's my feeling that that that's not why they're saying that line they're saying that line because they because someone basically because they read somewhere that that's what you're supposed to say no 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 it's it's not the thing it's the the lie i heard and i apologize for bursting in with my no, opinion when i'm supposed to be sitting here quietly. no i mean but here's the thing i mean no, it is it is, it's, is a, it's a big deal storm was calling sarah on her cell phone just, during the break about yeah it. i just spent seven minutes on the phone storm was very you know, upset. Everyone's up, yeah. like has a feeling about it one way. I mean, or the other. no one's saying that guys can't act sleazily. I mean, sure, as you just said, you know, maybe the, maybe it's a sleazy thing to do. That I don't doesn't matter. I mean, only the two of them really know if it was like actually a sleazy weird thing. But but for a, know, a TV station to run a poll, should he be impeached and have people voting on it? Going, yes, he should be kicked out of office. Really? Seriously? You know, we got seriously. We, we got an unemployment rate that's higher than the rest of the country, and I'm not saying the mayor can fix that, but this doesn't help. So you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the goddamn problem and get back to work. I just hate tools like polls on um, yes. you know, websites like that, that that give stupid people power. Yes. I hate it because you're seeing a number, you don't see who's giving that number, who's voting for it. Especially since we've seen that he has to be in for six months. All right, hello. Can't do it anyway. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Oh, you know. Indeed. Uh, let me start by saying, uh, A, I didn't vote for Sam Adams, and B, I don't largely agree with his political philosophies on things. Yes, sir. I do find this kind of personal attack to be ridiculous. I mean, I, I can't really say any more than what's already been said, but, you know, clearly the guy didn't do anything illegal. He lied about something that's his personal life. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with us. We shouldn't have a right to know. It doesn't matter. And in the end, it just looks like, you know, it just looks like it's, it's just kind of a slanderous attempt um, to get the guy out, and I just well, I don't somebody, find that to be fair. I've got an email here. This one says, uh, you know, Sam Adams wasn't running on a I don't have sex with people platform. Uh, there you know, you uh, so uh, it, it, I mean, the, the idea that if you are telling uh, an untruth about one thing in your life, therefore you cannot be trusted on anything uh, else. I mean, it's just it, it's just it's just retarded. I mean, it's just patently it's just patently ridiculous. Uh, that is what uh, the legal system in Britain would call the transparent falsehood. It's just not true. And again, as I, as I think I was saying, it's, it really is just a job. And all I care about is if he's going to work and if he's doing his job as mayor. The rest of them, don't care. Don't care. Don't care. And the only reason I care about a guy like Larry Craig is because, again, Larry Craig is actually a registered member of a party that actively pursues legislation that affects people based on their sexual behavior. That right. and, is and, the difference. And, and I'll say, you know, I am I'm a Republican and I usually vote Republican, but I just don't. I just don't, you know, whether he lied about it or didn't lie, it doesn't matter. We don't really have a right to know. It's not like the guy is, like, killing people. You know, and, and, so. I, and here's the other thing. I was thinking about this, uh, actually, the, the Bill Clinton thing, and I was thinking, here's the reason this sort of surprises me. Because we got all these actual, you know, like, real problems, like the fact that our economy is, like, broken and $3 trillion war that doesn't seem to be uh, helping things. And, uh, you know, like, everybody, you know, the people can't pay for their houses and, you know, everybody's unemployed and whatever. I think it was like with Bill Clinton, the reason we got all twisted up about this consensual sex, in a way it almost, you could almost see why it happened, because it seemed like all of our problems were fixed and we had nothing else to really worry about. You know, it was before 9-11 and the economy was gone and he balanced the budget. And I mean, it seemed like we had everything, you know, kind of taken care of to a relative degree. So it was like, well, we got all this excess energy. Look at him! You know, and you could almost see why we had this free time to be spending on something absurdly small. But it's like that. Not even that argument works now, because like we got actual stuff we need to worry about. I just I can't even, as Don said, 
It's like, how low on the priority scale can you possibly put this and still not have it be low enough? Well, and how is it that in this day and age, we still haven't gotten to a point where we're not, we're still shocked that people have sex? I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, so, and by the way, to anybody saying, well, then why did he lie about it? Maybe it's because in the last election, there was like four different states that passed laws discriminating against people uh, based on their sexual behavior. So, I'm sorry, I don't mean to direct that at you, no, sir. That's... Uh, not at all, Rick. And, and lastly, I'll say, unrelated, that uh, people should be checking out Tim Riley's blog. For merely pennies a day, you can hear the same type of fantastic things we used to. So, I would encourage everybody to uh, go do that right now. You're a good person, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. All right, RileyLive.com is that website. RileyLive.com. All right, uh, I'm going to do one more, then we'll take a break. Uh, so, Jonathan Colton tomorrow. There was a little bit of a snafu with the time there. So, Jonathan Colton tomorrow. Uh, we'll we'll do one more. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some more news with Darcy Zettler. And then the Cheeto test. All right. So let's all stop. Let's take a moment. All right. Has everyone girded their loins appropriately? I'm girded. It's right. a live local talk show. Don, did I show you I got this today? Just no avoiding I... these things. Do you want to look at it? I do. Okay. Well, she's the DVD queen, so I... You guys are both just squealing just now. It's a repo. And Lost comes back tonight. I, I know. It, we'll talk it, about that, too, by the way. Do I get to start giving my recaps again tomorrow? Yes, you do. Yes. All right. Let's do, uh, let's do one more here. Uh, okay. You know what, uh, Sarah? You pick. Uh, we got line one or line three? Three. All right. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. How are you guys doing? I'm okay. What's up? Okay. One of the things everybody's getting very hung up about is the lying. Mm-hmm. Let me just remind these people that once he is asked a question about something that personal, the first thing he's going to be considering is, I need to call that person and reduce the fallout. I need him to be able to talk to his boss, his current lover, his relatives, his friends, in order to minimize the, the devastation that's going to happen. So all these people are going to be affected by this one question, this one rude, obnoxious crying question. So that was why the delay. He needed to tell certain people to be prepared for this kind of devastation. You know, and, 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 you know, I can't certainly, certainly can't speak for Sam Adams, but uh, it it also seems like there might have been a thought process like when somebody says, hey, uh, what about your sex life? And he might have thought, I'm just saying, it seems like your gut reaction might be to go like, you know, why don't you shut it and, you know, and, and get bent uh, because it's none of your business? And then probably you realize you can't really say that. That's not a very uh, politic uh, answer. And so you have to sort of stop and go, mm, nah. And then you try to get out of it with, like, as little sort of, you know, pain as possible for everybody. So, you know, who knows? I don't know. It it just it just seems like we have, like, five skillion things that we could be spending this energy on right now. But, you know, what are you going to do? What do I know? All right. Thank yeah, you. Just, thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be uh... All right. We also seem to pretend that mm. politics doesn't involve politics. Yes. That, that you know, I mean. No, no, no. It's more. It's because he lied, Don. It's morality. It, it seems. What about the children, Don? It doesn't Dawn? seem that unreasonable. The children. <laughs> that he's going. Hey, hey, dude. If they ask you about us seeing each other, could you say no? Because like I'm running for mayor here. <laughs> Seriously. That really doesn't seem that unreasonable. And I mean, and you know, and just one final note. When the when the guy was like, so you're saying you just accept that politicians? I I suspect, although I do not know, that the guy probably has never heard the show before, and probably flipped by and heard like da 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 gay, and then just sort of stopped, and you know, so he could be angry and called. Here's why: because the idea that somebody would, the idea that somebody would call the show 
and ask a question like, well, Rick, you're just accepting that politicians lie implies that I have some sort of idealistic view that politicians are upright and virtuous and moral and they're all good. I mean, I don't know what show you think you're listening to, friend. Uh, but like 90% of people are fundamentally uh, just uh, you know immoral and useless. I mean that really is. I mean that's just a fact. I mean as uh, as There's yeah. A t-shirt. I mean just as Al Giordello would it says on Homicide: Life in the Street. You know uh, nothing ever changes. Nothing ever gets better. That's just the way it is, friend. You're such the optimist. Just you know and I'm uh, so depressed. Yeah. Now. <laughs> we, we are just we are one species just circling the drain right now and waiting for someone to reach the handle. And that's just the way it's always been. Okay, we need to take a break and you no, need to get more I, caffeine. No, no, no. It's, I'm not saying... No, I'm I know saying, that you're not trying to be negative, and I know that you're speaking the truth, but the truth is depressing. I'm just letting the guy know that if you have come to this program looking for someone who is going to believe the best of people, you have been sent to the wrong... Someone, someone gave you the wrong frequency. My only point. You know, I think when we come back, we should um, talk to... Instead of having an Insta poll about Sam Adams, we should have an Insta poll of the best things that have happened in 2009 so far. Uh, can I leave with the eyeball guy? Yes. Excellent. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break, shall we? Back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, we come back. More news with Darcy Zettler, and we'll do the, uh, the Cheetos thing. And then we'll find out if Don Taylor's actually going to come back again tomorrow to be in the studio <laughs> while Jonathan Colton is on the phone. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Turn our frowns upside down, shall we? It's the Rick. In fact, I'm just going to take these Sam Adams stories and I'm going to put them over here where I can't see them. Face down. There you go. I am just going to read this one sentence here. I'm not even going to read the whole email. Uh, listener Aaron in, uh, in the OC uh, says, he just says, you know, blah, 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 Sam Adams. And then he says, Rick, P.S., I would completely nail the first 18-year-old who offered herself to me. And yes, I would lie about it during a job interview. There you go. You speak for us all, sir. Well done. Uh, all right. Hello, Sarah Dillon. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. I'm coming I have on. my copy of Repo. I have three hours of Lost tonight. Okay, now what, why do you have three hours of Lost? I don't but, understand. Because we're doing the recap um, for the last, well, for the first part of the season from oh. 8 to 9, and then the new episodes from 9 to 11. But they're not, are they recapping the whole series, or are they just recapping last season? Uh, last season. And this, this is... Season four that's starting tonight? Yeah. See, I completely, I didn't even... The second half of season four. And I should have realized that because MySpace is like, there's lost uh, crap all and over MySpace. I didn't MySpace. even start it until tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know. But I, no, it was, it's a good surprise. I'm very right. Are you happy? I'm very happy. So we get to, now, were we doing, it's been like a hundred years since the last season of the show, so I don't even remember. Were we doing Lost recaps the last season? Mm-hmm. Are we going to do that again? In like nine months. I would love to, yeah, because I know a lot of people watch it, so... If we can just have, like, we didn't really have a recap, but we had, like, a discussion. Oh, it was like a what the hell is, happened last night mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Okay, well, we can, we'll start yeah, doing I'd that tomorrow. I'd love to do that again. All it's right. fun to hear other people's opinions on so it. Thursday mornings, we'll begin doing the uh, what the F was up with uh, Lost last night. Do you guys watch Lost? Oh, I, oh yeah. yes. Yeah? yeah. Are you guys excited for yeah. tonight? 
I didn't know it was tonight either. I, yeah, I thought it was tomorrow. They've but done yeah. a bad job of, of letting people know, because normally even I know about, like, even if it's a show I don't care about, I'll be aware that it's coming back on. So, Like a lot of people, season three really started to lose me, and I was getting really annoyed with it, but then season four came back so strong, and then they did took that long, insane break. It's like, no! Well, the last episode was when the freighter blew up, right? Was that the last one? The, the last one, and, and remember Ben uh, in the secret elevator and the... Yeah. Uh, Oh, and the, the and the orchid, and it made the the island disappear. Yes. Okay, so that was it with like the polar bear and. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna need that recap. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you realize that I mean, from an outside perspective, it sounds like you're talking about just gibberish. I mean, it really does sound oh, and like then you're. Oh, you find out the. Uh, oh wait, this is a spoiler. In case you guys haven't Lol. watched it for nine months, because um, then locks in the casket, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and his name's what? Jeremy Bentham. Yeah, we're gonna find out what happens dork. to Locke. Yeah, and now they want to go back to the island, but and they have then, to bring Locke's body with them. Right, but you know, he was right. able to walk when he got to the island, so maybe right. he'll be like revived or something. He might, because he he's important to the island. Is sure. this what it sounds like when I'm talking about <laughs> Left yeah, for Dead? Yes, it is. Why don't we talk about World of Warcraft a little more? Right? I don't play World of Warcraft. <laughs> many of my friends play World of Warcraft. I have many friends who are guilders, Sarah. Uh, but I, the, but this is, but you know, to, to be fair, that's kind of what it's like when World of Warcraft discussion starts or Dungeons and Dragons discussion, and I'm just totally, I'm in the dark. I got mm. nothing. So Lost is a really cool show, and I, I had rewatched a few of the episodes. Um, Pretty recently, and I, it's totally going to suck me in. It is like an abusive relationship. Here's the thing. Stay away. You know what we should do? We should do, because uh, I'm so bad at contesting. Here's the thing we should do, uh, uh, Sarah. This should be a contest. For Lost, you should actually create, you should actually come up with a list of things, insane, weird, random things that happen on Lost, but like one of them is fake. Because okay. of all the stuff you were just, and then a unicorn appears. Like, I have no and idea. You could have been making a four-toed statue. And, like, at one point I heard, like, and then there's an orchid, and the island disappears and locks in a casket. And I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> with about? I am With a polar bear. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds like you've dropped acid or something, and you were watching Marlon Perkins. It makes no sense. I'm sure Lost it makes sense is if you're, a little like that. I mean, yes. It is. I mean, even when you're watching it and you, like, dedicate time to it, you still don't understand there's it. There's an invisible guy in the cabin. But I the know, cabin right. keeps moving, but and it's not in the same place. You're I, know, but, that up. I know, but no, now Jack, but Jack's but father is now representing Jacob, but Jacob's okay, invisible. No problem. I, uh, see, so, uh, so yeah, it's just, it sounds just completely incomprehensible to me. Um, so there's that also to Don's point about how they uh, they did a great season four and then they took forever off. I have a theory about that, by the way, because everybody sort of talked about how television shows have gotten to the point where they take like nine years between seasons. I'm looking at you, Sopranos, Battlestar Galactica, The Shield. It is like when a band that maybe was at a period of, you know, stasis or a band that was on the decline suddenly has the huge comeback record. And there's two things a band will do. If a band has a massive comeback record, they'll do two things. They will then immediately follow it up with a live album and or a, a compilation because it, you know, kills time and it lets them, you know, buys them a little breathing room. And then they'll take like three years off because the band guys are all in a room going, okay, how do we not blow this? Now we have this comeback. <laughs> we can't suck with the next week. We have to keep this going, which is why Green Day still hasn't put out a new record, by the way, because Green Day was sort of who I love was kind of on the long, slow decline. Bam. American Idiot. Huge and live album and a greatest hits compilation. And that was like three years ago. And there's nothing. Just well, I think with Lost, they're taking it. advantage of the fact that there was the writer's strike to a certain extent, because the thing is, uh, season three was awful. And. Everyone talked about how awful it was, mm -hmm. and it was in Entertainment Weekly and TV Guide. Like it stuff, was, and right? it was right. terrible, and okay. the fan, and they were losing viewers by the bucket loads. Yeah. And so then they tightened everything up, and then they came back and they said, you know, 
they were renewed for X amount of time and said, we're, we are going to close the story out in three seasons and suddenly stopped flailing, you know, which is season three was sort of like the X-Files got where you started realizing Chris Carter making it up had as they go along. no end game. Yeah. And he was just making stuff. Hey, now there's bees, you know, <laughs> so... Uh, and you're like, well, what about the bees? And you never know. So, uh, and so I think with them having actually an end to the series in view, and then the writer's strike, they were like, hey, we can actually uh, take some time and hunker down and uh, have to figure out what the F we're talking about. Up. Yeah. yeah. So, well, good for that. I mean, I hope, I, look, I hope they pull it out because. I heard anyone who's seen the um, the first couple episodes said that it's amazing. And that it's just you know, you, uh, and ridiculous. You work with somebody who's already seen uh, oh, tonight's episode. Who? I'm not Did see Paddock? It. Did Paddock see it? I should tell you during the break. I shouldn't tell you now. How has he seen it? Uh, I'm, I'm just assuming it's him. I'm just saying. We'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk during the break. Hey, speaking of during the break, and I and I have to apologize. Darcy Zettler's been uh, standing, letting us yell over the top of her for like 20 <laughs> minutes now. And I come in and never shut up, and then Darcy can't talk. No, now I'm updated on Lost. This is very productive. Uh, oh, I'm super excited. So we've got. Well, and Jin is dead. And Sawyer jumped off the uh, helicopter. But he's alive because he I swam know. to the island. Yeah, and, and of course, now he'll be shirtless, which is, like, excellent. Perfect. Wow. Okay. A uh, couple of things. By the way, I will say uh, that one of the reasons I quit watching Lost, and I know the situation has since been uh, remedied, I quit Lost. Uh, I quit watching Lost largely because, well, a because it was just it just felt like they were making it up, and also because of Michelle Rodriguez, who I found to be such an unbelievably off-putting actress and, and so badly written. Which is why they killed her. Yeah, that was the thing. That's the UIs. Yeah, that was like I I kept watching. I'm like I can't. And finally, I looked at my wife one, and I'm like I can't watch this. And she's like neither can I. Click gone. So uh, I will I wait. I did that with Heroes, by the way. I just was in the middle of an episode of Heroes, and I just looked at my husband and I said, do we have to keep watching this show? And he said, no, and I just turned it off and have not returned. I gave up on Heroes, too. It really started to bore me. As Tony Robbins said, you made the decision in a moment, and then you practiced <laughs> it the rest of your life. I turned it off, and I'm keeping it off. Uh, so uh, here's what we got. Uh, I do have these Cheetos, and we really uh, have to have Richie come in for this because well, here's the thing: is we're going to need somebody to eat these Cheetos. I, I guess it'll you be were me. Eat them. Okay, but here's the thing: we will need a control group, a person who takes these Cheetos out of the bag as though you were going to eat them, but then just like sets them down. Oh, I'm perfect for that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, now you are you're biased though because your man works for Frito Lay. Oh no, no, I can be very, very. You can be objective and very objective. All right. And the finger, the fingers won't lie. <laughs> So this is this is what we what we're talking about. So I've got the two bags of Cheetos because I was making and I made this point to Katie Darrell yesterday. I said, you know, we get like 2009. Why can't I mean they've made a newspaper that won't put ink on your fingers. Why can't they make Cheetos that don't turn your fingers orange? And well, if you take away the powdery deliciousness, they might not be Cheetos. But anymore. see, but you know, but here's the thing: is sometimes I go to that vending machine. I'm like, what do I want? And I will skip the Cheetos because I'm wearing clothing that I don't want to get, like, cheese dust or whatever. What do you do? Like, rub your fingers all over your clothes? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I do. The Simon Cowell thing on the nipples with the Cheeto fingers? That's strange. That's a... I don't do that. Yes, I go and I finger paint myself in the office, Sarah. And then I run through the halls and I dance. I dance. No, uh, but I guess, but one never knows if one's, I mean, you, like you get Cheeto dust on your hand, you clean it, then you, you realize you've missed part of it, and then like, oh, I got Cheeto dust on my shirt. So occasionally I will pass over the Cheetos if I'm wearing something that I don't want to run the risk of getting like Cheeto dust on myself. So Katie Darrell from TMZ has this whole theory, though. She is postulating that it is the action of putting the Cheeto into your mouth, you get a little, uh, you know, spit or whatever on your fingers, and then that is the adhesive 
that then gets the Cheeto dust to stick to your fingers. So now we're going to try this, and it's going to be just as exciting as it sounds. All right. So do you have a bag of Cheetos? I do, and I'm going to put my uh, Cheetos on the news that I didn't get to read. All right. Perfect spot for it. (laughs) I do not not actually get saliva on my fingers when I eat the Cheetos, but I tend to have very warm, moist hands. So I've always... I do. A, a guy in the fifth grade complained about it when we were uh, square dancing. But well, uh, that, that, <laughs> did he slip out? That balances out the fact that you're well groomed. Thank you. <laughs> but so I've always, so so Cheeto dust really sticks to my fingers. I and like I, girls with know. warm, moist hands. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, things that don't sound creepy when I just say them in this presence of Sarah somehow become extra creepy when there's, like, two other women in the room. I think cause Sarah is just so jaded and just so uh, – she's just so battered by my sleaze that she doesn't even notice it anymore. out the window now. All right. Okay, so, uh, so Sarah uh, – so You're going to eat them, and she's going to take them out and put them on a piece of paper. So yes. how can we make this less tedious? What if – what if uh, Dawn Taylor – uh, so it's not an entirely, uh, you know, sort of squandered visit from your perspective, Don. Mm-hmm. What if Don Taylor uh, presents a news story or two oh, while yeah. Darcy Zettler and that I are fantastic. doing the Cheeto uh, experiment? I believe Darcy has one picked up. I do. She does. Right. I do. So I'm going to begin eating these Cheetos, and she'll just be taking them out and putting them on a piece of paper without uh, without eating them. Are we going to a certain number? Well, Sarah, will, uh, Sarah, why don't you make the call? I don't know. <laughs> there needs to be a specific number so you have the We're same be, amount of control handling. group for the Cheetos. Exactly. Like 20? How about one Cheeto every five seconds? That requires a lot of time. How about 20? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to just watch you, and as you eat one, I put one on the plate. You're way smarter than I am. All of you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so uh, I will be eating. Uh, Darcy will be simulating the eating, and then we'll see where the Cheeto dust uh, is. You really want to do this. <laughs> I'm prepared. All right, let's go. Okay, let's do it, right. people. So, All right. police officers in Mannheim, Germany, had to roll up their sleeves and tend bar during a pub inspection on Wednesday evening when they discovered the waitress was too drunk to bill her customers. The 38-year-old woman was barely able to hold herself up and had somewhat slurred speech, as do I. The woman's blood alcohol content registered a stiff 0.31% when she submitted to a breathalyzer test around 9 p.m. Seasoned drinkers know that's almost four times the legal limit. It's cheaper for making me thirsty. The waitress and her customers had so much to drink that none of them knew where to begin to tally the bill, forcing the officers to do the math, cash up, and close shop a bit early. The Department for Restaurants at the City Council was informed of the incident. I'm not counting. Were you guys counting? I think she's uh, keeping track of when I eat them. Okay. So, uh, apparently, whenever you're ready to stop. Well, don't don't stop quite yet. Okay. In the interest of science, we should go a little further. <laughs> so, how... Uh, It'd be more interesting if you actually were just trying to cram them in your mouth. I'm like, not how try many Cheetos them. could you get into your mouth? I think that's I'm a great concept. I'm not going to do that. That's, no, that's, that's going too far, Don. Then you're just being silly. Oh, yeah. Now, you're actually sticking your whole hand in the bag. No, it's not like I you, had to adapt my am, strategy, actually. I am it's making, not like you're eating a bag of Cheetos on the air in real time. I would, <laughs> that would be a waste of time. So did you read this uh this email previously on the air, have you uh, addressed this? Because that's a, an excellent uh, um, yeah, What is question. this about? Is this about, about the zombies. No. Because I could share that. Oh. Why don't you just pick up random pieces of paper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's read one more email, oh. and then we'll bring the Cheeto experiment to a, a conclusion. We'll read this. Uh, he did get an uh, email from, uh, from Michael Savage. I think it's a different Michael Savage. Probably. It's spelled differently. Hi, Rick. I hate to admit it, but I'm not as much of a nerd as I might like. 
I'm not a big fan of sci-fi or RPGs, but I do feel like I should be more informed about zombies. I know they eat brains and groan as they walk, but that's about it. Can you recommend a primer slash tutorial that could bring me up to speed regarding the walking undead? Thanks. Um, that's actually a really good question, Michael. I'm glad that you asked. On the subject of zombies, I think I speak for everybody. When I say that World War Z is probably the definitive uh, canon in recent times, I would say, really, in my, in my professional assessment... And the prequel to that, the zombie survival guide. Yeah, I would say it goes from Night of the Living Dead, probably to Dawn of the Dead, probably to Zombie Survival Guide. Okay, you can stop eating them now. This email response brought to you by Cheetos, the and, cheese um, that goes crunch. And then World War Z. I might actually start with the Zombie Survival Guide, and then uh, and then go to World War Z. That's how I do. That's how I do that. And that'll probably give you an overview of uh, of what ye need know in terms of uh, the armies of the undead, sir. All right, there you go. All right, we done. All right. Yes, I'm finished. Okay, so I'm looking at my. Uh, so uh, see, once again, uh, fingers stained with Cheeto dust mm -hmm. right here. If I were to touch my clothing now, mine are very, very Cheeto-y. See, very orange. So, so it has nothing to do with the moisture. It has well, no, so let's let's. I'm just saying right there. Look at that. Here, don't you? Mine, mine may be worse. She's actually got more now, on the on the oh, white yeah, paper on this right. side. Yeah. Now, see. now you wipe your. Fingers on the white uh, paper. No, but I'm saying that hers are right? way more. She's got way more Cheeto. She has more Cheetos on her fingers than you have on yours. You know, I think it's because you're actually sucking the dust off as you are putting kind of it in your mouth, <laughs> which is really as appetizing. the hand is reaching to my yeah. cavernous maw, and I just sort of, <laughs> it's just sort of uh, as I just sort of uh, you know succubus style, sort of uh, you know just just inhale them. That's right. my theory. All right. On that note, let's take a break. Back after this, we'll wrap up around the corner. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show, Jonathan Colton. Uh, <laughs> all right, don't go anywhere. Back after this, Friday. the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. Radio program. This is from Repo, a genetic opera, uh, which just came out on DVD. You're going to be watching that tonight? No, you got lost tonight. You can't no. watch it tonight. What's a girl to do? I don't know. There's way too many options. i got to give it its proper time, too. I can't rush it before lost. I have to wait. It's always better when you wait for the right time. So. Mm -hmm. uh, we you should can come this, over to my uh, house and watch it with me, and then I can see it, because <laughs> I haven't seen it. You know, it was, it was only here for, I think, like two days, and then it was gone. 
No, uh, then it came back for a week. Really? Yeah, I know a lot of people thought that. Yeah, I'll have to get it on DVD. Uh, we should take this opportunity to say that the uh, winner of the uh, first AM, and winner is really a relative term here, uh, the AM 970 listener bail line, which uh, we are uh, trying to set aside uh, one day every week in which we uh, give a fantastic prize to an unemployed listener, uh, somebody who has been uh, involuntarily relieved of their job. Uh, the first winner this week is uh, Cynthia Dobson of Salem, Oregon. Uh, Cynthia has won The Shield the entire sixth season Ooh. on DVD. That's right. There you go. The entire sixth season of The Shield on DVD uh, to Cynthia Dobson of uh, Salem, Oregon. So uh, watch it in uh, watch it in good health, Cynthia. Uh, if you are uh, unemployed involuntarily, so you can f- uh, sign up for the AM 970 listener bailout at 970. Dot AM, the AM970 uh, uh, AM listener bailout brought to you in part by Elliott Law Office at ChampagneDivorce.com. All right, so Don Taylor, uh, Darcy Zettler. So, uh, uh, and you guys knew each other, too, before. We yeah, we did. So everybody kind of knows everybody. I mean, I'm always like the odd person out because I never leave my home. Did you so I don't, together? You know. Well, no. Um, uh, in her previous uh, employee, uh, she would host... Uh, I guess hosts or they, yeah. like a film. they, they sponsored yeah. some of the nighttime uh, film screenings. Right. And so Very I would cool. see her when I went to the nighttime film screenings as a film critic. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we should say, actually, first and foremost, thanks for coming in, Darcy. You sound yes. really good. We'll have to we'll have you back at, at some point when uh, you know the entire show doesn't devolve into Cheeto dust. And, uh, you know, sort of screaming about gay sex. Because then maybe you get, like, more than four stories done. Well, that's, a, that's actually what I was hoping would happen today. So it worked out perfectly. Well, I'm glad we could meet expectations. It's like a good weekend at my house. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. And Don Taylor. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, all right. I want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castabam, and James Roop. Join us tomorrow when I guess, honestly, really, truly, will include Jonathan Colton uh, and uh, so forth. Like us next, Michael Maris Show at 7, and, of course, Phil Hendry at 11 p.m. Don't forget, CBS Radio Theater returns this Sunday. AZ and the Crimson Mist this coming Sunday at 6 p.m. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM970 The Talker in the newsroom. Darcy Zettler on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Davis in. Webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and, of course, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Like us next. Watch up our snakes. See you all tomorrow. Bye. To interview Eric Weidenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay.